0: Hello, listening people. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho? Yes, hi. Oh, right. I'm like, it's not Christmas, Bartek. It's a December episode. But I am also Ryan. See, I said your name, and now <laughs> I'm saying my name, because we're spin ah. Polish. Likely because we're always spitting, and <laughs> we both happen to be Polish. Isn't that right, Bartek? Yes. Because Bartek, that's, that's a Polish name, right? Yes. And Ryan... That's a very polished name, right? Yeah. By the way, Ryan,
1: thank you very much for pointing at the two of us on you who we we're talking about.
0: It's okay. It's an audio feature only. You yep. can hear my point if you listen hard enough <laughs> and you're cutting through
1: the
2: air.
0: Yes,
1: but I feel like the listening people need to know that you pointed right at yourself. So,
0: so we're doing Unappreciated Masterpieces. Uh, uh, oh, yes, we are. A weekly show in which we talk about a movie that we think deserves more conversation, more love, more, dare I say. Appreciation.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't call it weekly, though. It's pretty strong. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> that was a good one. I'm very proud of you, Barzak. I'm very Thank proud. You. So we do it as a uh, feature-length audio commentary track. We discuss it. We talk about it. We delve into the positive aspects of it. Because these wait, films wait, wait, just wait, don't wait. have enough appreciation and love. Oh, people okay. just want to rag on them. You know, some people not going to name names. Critics. Just want to just say, hey... These films suck. Why are you talking about these ones? And we say no. For however long the movie is, we just say no continuously. But Bartek... Who names their kids critics? I don't know. Critics do, I imagine. Ah. Now, Bartek, I need to know the name of the film. Yes. Because I'm in the episode, and Mm -hmm. I can't tell myself what the episode's title is. Mm. Hence, I don't know the movie. You have to tell me. Because you can see into the future, in yeah, which this yeah. episode is published, and it has the title there. So you could tell me now, in the present slash past, what it is. This so
1: episode is published on December 4th.
0: Is it? It's... Good job.
1: Mm, it's the future.
0: Ah, uh, yes. The, the day Frank Zappa died. And you want, to so... know what, you, oh. know,
1: you want to know what the day after that is? What? The day my grandmother died? died. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> <laughs> the day someone's
0: grandmother died. But Bartek, Who's? what's the movie? The movie? Yeah, what's the movie's name? This oh, no, week, this <laughs> week we are doing. What? Stop, I don't know. About I... Birthday. <laughs> happy birthday!
3: Happy birthday! Go on, Bartek.
1: <laughs> December sixth is our previous. Well, one of our guests, Nathan Malloy's birthday. We can say happy birthday to him. Then. Happy
3: birthday to Nathan Malloy! Yay!
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> the movie that we are doing in this episode is
0: Zvariované Fred. Okay, I understood one word in that. All right, but you don't know Fred. That's exactly what I was going to go <laughs> with. <laughs> but I was like, I don't speak the Polish language, even though I am Polish. Polish? Polish? I don't speak the language. You have to translate it into English for me. Oh. Yeah. Well, Ryan, Fred means Fred. Oh, okay. And what does the other two words translate into for those listeners who don't oh, understand? In fact, it's one word. Oh, Ooh. was it? it it's sounded- funny about this. Oh, it's, you made it sound like two words before. Rewind the episode, listen to it. I think he made it sound like two yeah. words before. I that, think he had a little bit of a gap between them. That's because when I say it's like if I said cool, it yeah. sounds like I'm saying two words. Did it sound like I said
1: Yeah. Said Yeah. That's because when I say Polish titles <laughs> on this show, I I, may, I like enunciate the sim, the not symbols uh, syllables a bit. The symbols too. Hmm. So what does
0: it all translate into? Something something Fred. But it's one word. Something Fred.
1: Zvaryovannik, <laughs> <laughs> actually, if we want to go on multiple words, it can mean either crazy or out of their mind. Out of his mind?
0: Out of his mind Fred? <laughs> is that the movie
1: we're watching? I love Out of his mind Fred. No, I was going to say, it doesn't sound like a title, but if you love it, I guess that means it is a title. I mean, it doesn't rhyme. It doesn't rhyme. Oh, does it have to rhyme? Sure. Well, okay, look, we got crazy out of his mind. Oh, I know a variation. How about Drop Dead? Drop Dead Fred?
0: Oh, man, Drop Dead Fred, the film. Wait, Drop and Dead don't rhyme. Fred (laughs) does. Oh, yeah. Oh, 1991. But we can't do the 1991 Drop Dead Fred movie alone. We need an imaginary friend to join us for this episode. (laughs) Although they do physically exist, they are not our friend, but they imagine they are. (laughs) That's the twist. That's the twist. Hi, Grayson Brown. Hello. How are you?
3: Yeah, I'm well, thank you.
0: Oh, that's good. You watched Drop Dead Fred?
3: You enjoyed it? I did watch Drop Dead Fred. It was uh, good fun. And this is like the first film I've actually paid for to watch for this podcast. Oh, you paid? Ooh. Yeah, I rented it on iTunes. <laughs> oh,
0: wow. Rented? You didn't want to buy it?
3: Uh, no, because it was like $14 or something.
0: Wow. $14 of greatness?
3: I mean, yes. Do you want to guess how much it was to rent? Uh, $8. No. <laughs> <laughs> Incorrect. Lower. It was 4 no four ninety nine, which I think is too steep for a 1991 movie. Mm. Uh,
0: well, it does have uh, a hero in it, Phoebe Cates. I so... paid
1: I $2 for year one. Exactly. And, I, and I've
0: paid for many DVDs in the past. So, guys at home, maybe you have to rent a copy of Drop Dead Fred or have a physical copy or buy it for $14, which, you know, for a film this quality... You're really paying in the long run. Mm. So I suggest you have a copy because we have a copy. I'm going to press play. I'm going to do a countdown before that. You're going to press play when I say play. And then we're going to be lined up as we talk about the majesty that is Drop Dead Fred. So get ready because we're going to start this in three, two, one, play.
3: Whoa. That was our shortest preamble ever, I think. Okay, so
0: guys, I'm going to stop the episode now so we can preamble a bit more. <laughs> but we're already playing. No,
3: no, it's am still playing.
0: <laughs> oh, it's okay. Like, well. literally two
1: sentences ago, you would have been able to do that, yeah. Ryan. I'm just impressed I was because lying. Because
3: <laughs> <laughs> every no, time you're I lying. come <laughs> You're lying. Stop lying. I'm lying! Because <laughs> every time I come on, you always say, like, we always have a huge preamble with you. And I'm like, it's because I've got a lot to say. And I'll say, wow,
0: it. okay. You're pre okay? We, let's get into the... the I'm now
3: the, post-ambling. The, the meat and
0: potatoes. Or during ambling. There's still like two hours The meat and potatoes. <laughs> I got a serious trivia fact for you guys that might blow your mind. No, Straight no. off the bat, first scene. That goldfish is dead. Uh, I just think we needed to get that out of the way. Know. Right. I think I want to contest you hey. on that. Where's your evidence? Hey,
3: hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Moment of silence for the goldfish, please.
0: Okay.
1: You know, we actually start... <laughs> <laughs> Every single episode, when Ryan presses the reco- presses presses the record button, he says a moment of silence, and it always makes me want to go like out of respect. <laughs> I also that. had that instinct.
0: Um, can we talk about the amazing, amazing opening credits here?
3: I love an animated opening credits. I just
0: like opening, cre- you know, I just like opening credits that really kind of help characterize the movie. I feel like. Films have lost that art form of an opening credits sequence that kind of gives you a feeling of what the movie is without necessarily giving away what the movie's going to be about. I feel like opening credits these days are really kind of a snooze fest. Mm. If they have them at all. If they have them at all. Like, you know, some of the best opening credits scenes out that you have, like, Psycho. Psycho has a great opening credit sequence with the soul Bass artwork and imagery and this... I think this was an amazing one. It's always the thing that kind of really... Like, one of the many things that stuck with me as a child when mm. I watched this. I always remembered the music and the crazy kind of drawings and all of that. And I just was like, this really does match the film perfectly um, overall. They misspelt production
1: there.
3: Yeah. They also misspelt by before. Yeah,
0: but, but other times they do. Photography is fine, though.
3: Photography so, is perfect.
0: Photography is perfect. I will
3: say this. It's very long. It's not that long. I mean I've got a very short attention span.
0: Well, that's your fault, isn't it? It's not the movie's fault.
3: Uh, you could say that and you have.
0: And I will. I will continue. Alright. Grayson, is everything's your fault? It's your fault that this movie's an unappreciated masterpiece. That's uh, Yeah, gonna... I did
3: I just dropped the ball when it came to marketing. I'm you know, sorry. you know
0: you know what would have made it appreciated? You buying it for fourteen dollars.
3: <laughs> I rented it for five, what more do they want? Oh that's right,
0: you can keep renting it forever. forever so, then... and ever. <laughs> so
3: it's more than fourteen.
0: So uh Bartek. Drop Dead Fred. Do you have much of a history with this film?
1: I knew about it, but I hadn't seen it before. So, what did you know about it? All I knew was that it was a film about a crazy imaginary friend.
0: Okay. Did you did you have any other knowledge about the film, like who the friend was was like? Obviously, it's Fred, but like who they were played by? Yeah,
1: yeah. Or... I, I knew it was played by Rick Mail.
0: So, you kind of did you kind of know, knowing it's Rick Mail? what to expect from the character of Drop Dead Fred? Yeah, I
1: think maybe ages and ages ago I saw some clips of it, so <laughs> I did remember some stuff about it. Um,
0: Not not the full extent of it, but I did know that, yeah, like I said, Crazy Friend. Crazy Friend. Uh, some might say the wackiest of friends. What about you, Grayson? Do you have much of a history with Drop Dead Fred?
3: Um... A little bit. I think I saw it when I was about fourteen, because mm. I think that's when I started my like Rick Mayall young ones Comic Strip Presents phase. Did that? When did that phase end? Uh probably went on for quite a while, at least a, at least a year, and like I still have an interest in everything they do. Like, yeah, I was very sad when he died.
0: As as was I, we're going to talk about that obviously like, yeah. later on. But mm. you 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 entered into it was was Drop Dead Fred the like the first thing you went to during this phase, or was there other things, or no, what was... made you eventually go pre like walk your way into this?
3: Um, I think it was I had a lot of time as a child. I still have a lot of time.
0: Um, <laughs> and a child still. Yeah.
3: <laughs> all right <laughs> um i don't really know i i suppose because i i thought it was something different i thought it was a bit more lighthearted. didn't realize it was a black comedy oh okay as wikipedia describes it but at
0: the same time it's got rick and bale in it
3: yeah no, i know and i'm like how how dark can well, it really be
0: As dark as Rick Male wants it to be. Which
2: is quite dark.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like most of the black comedy comes from, like, the relationship with the mum. Yeah,
0: absolutely. (laughs) See, look, it's one of these things where I don't... I know that you can see it as a black comedy, but a black comedy for me usually entails that the comedy itself is of a dark nature... Well, for me, this has, yeah, that's what I think of. Like, the comedy itself is dealing, like, you know, a black comedy could be something like... The subject matter, I think, has to be the dark aspect. Yeah, but the comedy has to blend with that subject matter. So you have a show like Peep Show, for instance. That's a black comedy show where it's a show where, uh, you know, you have such dark subject matters, like, uh, uh, well, the main character is getting raped. But it's also particularly funny in that show because it's black comedy. But this, for me, I feel like it's a... A, a, a movie with comedy in it, but I don't think the comedy itself is particularly, like, what you would call black comedy. Like, there's serious elements in the movie, like the the the, the uh, psycho, you know, like, the, the, the psychotraumatic stuff and all this kind of mental health issue stuff, but I don't... Well, I don't emotional know. abuse is the Emo- main dark matter, I think. Yeah, but I think it's, like, one well, of these weird movies where the biggest complaint people have with this is the tone, tonal stuff, where it's kind of like You could have had two movies from this. The kids movie, where it's the crazy imaginary friend that's, you know, with the adult now. That's weird. Or you have this really dark movie where it's like, is it real? Is it not? Like like,
3: Donnie Darko. Like a
0: Donnie Darko kind of thing. But it's like, it's both. This is one of these ones where it goes, who is this for? Is it for kids? Is it for adults?
3: If you had have made this an all-out-and-out kids movie, then people would have still gone, like, like... I never realized how dark it was because like if you think about it in reality she's severely mentally ill. Like, well yes. Yeah. It's like people will still make the same arguments about But
0: it's it. how you frame things. And this movie I love the fact that it frames it in both in both ways, where it's not afraid to say, No, she's mentally ill, but also no, he's actually real because that's the thing, he is real. Mm, yeah. He comes from he's an imaginary friend almost. land. Mm. <laughs> But then also, he's not real. Because no one can see him. Because also you can kill him with medication.
3: (laughs) I think you could kill a lot of real things with medication. Yeah, but like... Including and not limited to people. (laughs) <laughs> That's, it's called overdosing. But if you do it to oh, yourself. <laughs>
0: but you know, I mean, like, uh, I love... Uh, this is one of these movies where it's like the turn on the subject and all that. Like, I think it's not as easy to pin this down as just going, oh, it's just a black comedy. Like, it mm. is a comedy. Well, it's but... not just a black comedy, but it is one. I, yeah. I, I mean, look, I know, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to fight you too much because it's just like, I can I can see what where people come with that from. But I just, usually when I think of a black comedy, I think of the comedy itself being... Of a dark subject matter. Well, the comedy doesn't actually bounce off the dark subject matter of this movie. If anything, the dark subject matter is played really straight. Like, mm. even Fred gets serious when it's the dark subject matter stuff. I actually
3: really appreciate that.
0: Yeah. Now, yeah, that's what makes this movie really good is uh, Rick male knows, as he always did, when to pull it back. Mm. Because he was always very over the top, very in your face... Very, you know, pulling faces and flicking boogers. But he always knew in every single comedic performance when to just pull it back a little. Just the right moment. And this is one of those movies where it's like, he knows. It's not just the final scene where he's all serious. It's like yeah. there's other moments in this. But yeah, I have a long history of this movie. I, I I, have a very mixed history with this movie. I saw it when I was a kid. I've seen it when I was a teen. I've seen it when I've, uh, I've been an adult. And I've always had, like, a rocky relationship with Drop Dead Fred, mm. because I've always loved Rick Mel, like, from a from very small child to now. Oh, and yeah. it's always been one of those ones where it's just like, oh, yeah, Drop Dead Fred's good, but it's no Blackadder, or it's no New Statesman, or it's no Young Ones or Bottom or something. Like, it's Drop Dead Fred. It's all right. But then there would be that thing where I'd be like, you know, when you're a teen and you get like protective over what you like. Mm, mm. And then when other people like it, but they like the wrong thing about it, I'll be like, I like Rick Mao. and people are like, well, who's that? And I'd be like young ones. are like, I don't know that. And then I'd list them. Then eventually I'd actually have to be like drop dead Fred. And they're like, Oh, the, the loud guy and drop dead Fred. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, Oh yeah. I like drop dead Fred. I'll be like, <sighs>
3: Check out the other things. You're not allowed to like it until you go through a sequence of th- liking these things.
0: Yeah, you're allowed to like it when you see it in the grand scheme of who he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know I mean? But like, you know, now, obviously, so there was, I've always had a real hard time with this movie, because it is that thing of, as a kid, a lot of the elements flew over my head, so I wanted more silly Rick male, but then as an adult, I'm like, as a teen, I was like, I don't know, it's a little too kidsy now pull it back but yeah now as an adult i'm like i think it blends perfectly yeah no i agree it it just gels so much better i i always i always neglected to really appreciate phoebe cates in the movie as well because i'm a rick Mayo fan so i'm always looking at rick Mayo, but watching it for this episode phoebe cates does a great job Mm. Mm. she's great as is carrie fisher who's in the movie
3: and who i think gets all the funniest lines other than, other than Drop Dead Fred, right? I, I, don't, I don't think Fred's lines are particularly funny. I think the way Rick mail Mayall, Rick mails all over the place <laughs> is funny. Yeah. I don't know. The line pooing it on the table or whatever it was. <laughs>
0: yeah. That was a pretty
3: funny line. Now I'll poo out on
0: the table. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah, Carrie Fisher, but it's also because she wrote her own lines.
3: I was wondering whether she did. and I tried to Google it. Yeah, the trivia said so that she up. rewrote Rewrote her like, lines, yeah. so wrote yeah. her lines. But, like, here's the thing.
0: She originally auditioned yeah, for Phoebe Cates' role, but was considered too old. <laughs> mm. Which look, I know that's a mean thing, but I kind of get it because it's like, I don't know. I think Phoebe Cates does it well. It's also it's also hard because Phoebe Cates kind of nails it yeah. so hard. So I kind of with with her young, doughy-eyed face, where she's, she's like, got
3: such dough eyes.
0: Yeah, she's a she's a dough. Yeah. Not as much of a doe as Natalie Dormer because Natalie Dormer not human; <laughs> she's just a doe wearing a dress. So, like it is insane how much of a doe she looks. But uh, having not seen it, Bartek... Mm-hmm. Attack, well, I've v- seen it. No, but having not seen it before watching it for the show, what did you feel when you when you dived into it? Like, did you have this kind of thing like a lot of people do, where you think it's going to be like this kids' movie or like what what went on for you having to go into it first? Yeah, it was interesting
1: walk-in, in because I did know, like, oh, it's an adult whose imaginary friend from childhood, I I think I was aware of that, uh, has come back, um, and yeah, I didn't expect it to be, like, uh, Ted or anything like that, where it's still, like, a sophomoric adult. Uh, oh, yeah, thing, and that everyone can see it. And everyone can see it. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that, yeah, there would be the sort of darker subject matter of, oh, uh, she's From an emotion, she's got an emotionally abusive relationship with her Mm mum, and she's got all these relationship trouble the one relationship trouble, which is very
3: big,
0: Uh, yeah, with her husband, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I I, I wasn't too old for her, but that's also a part of what goes on with her as an individual. Mm. So,
1: when I heard that, like, it this film, this is the consensus that I heard that it, like. Struggles to mix childish humor with the more grown-up humor. Mm. I I thought that yeah, the humor itself was gonna be the grown-up thing. Like, oh, that joke's a bit whatever. But I didn't know that like the subject matter in the film was gonna be of the dark
0: nature. Yeah, I heard people complain that some of the jokes were too adult. What's wrong, Grayson?
3: She I didn't realize that she sat on her suitcase, which is on her bed. Yeah, that's it. Wouldn't that be very precarious?
0: No, I think she just did that because she's still
3: childlike. Oh, I see. And that's to indicate how childlike she no, is.
0: Yeah, visually, yeah.
1: Because Same with her outfit. Something.
3: Same with her
0: outfit.
1: It mm. evokes a booster seat.
2: <gasps>
3: yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> because she's very childlike, of course. I mean, mm. look at her. It. It's like she hasn't cut her hair since she was a kid, you know. Because mm. her mum loves her hair. That's a big plot point of the movie. <laughs> it is. I know. You're laughing like, please, don't mention the plot point of the movie. Please,
3: don't tell me the plot points of the movie. Alrighty, then I won't. Thank you.
0: No, yeah, so, so you, you kind of had this feeling of, of, of these elements of them possibly playing in. What did you think of just the general idea of, like... A young per like a person's imaginary friend from childhood coming back to them with it when they're adult. What did you think of that? It's a great idea and I'm glad that the film did it. I actually think it's a fantastic idea. Yeah, and I like yeah. I reckon you could do more movies exploring that subject. Yeah. Like this is obviously gonna always be the top one. But, like, I think it's a great idea. Obviously, you can play it for comedy or drama or mm. surrealism. Who knows? But I think that's a wicked idea. Like, I just love it. You, you mentioned earlier um,
1: that the film kind of blends two movie ideas together. You know, the the child, the imaginary friend one and the, the grown-up stuff. Yeah. And I can imagine a lot of people, and I'm sure a lot of critics have said this, that, like, oh, you know, you you blend two partial ideas together and you don't, Necessarily, get one great film because you should have stuck with one. I think that this film is perfect for having done the blending of two ideas. Yeah,
0: you know, you know that I, I I totally agree. Like, and that's the thing too. Like, all the greatest movies are a fusion of of genres or, or themes or stuff, but it's hard to pull them off. Mm. And I think at the time when Drop Dead Fred came out, uh, maybe people couldn't understand that because you know people maybe marketed towards kids a bit more but also you got to remember this is Rick Mayo's introduction into America where nobody knew him really mm. and he Rick Mayo's that kind of guy where I feel like you need context
3: yeah like i i did i did wonder how Rick Mayo would go outside of an english context like in an american context
0: yeah and evidently not too well but his mm. performance is great he's still oh, yeah. funny he's still Rick Mayo but it's like the americans always have a different comedy sensibility to the English. Yeah, they straight up didn't get young ones. Yeah, and we Australians obviously lean towards the English comedy sensibility uh, a bit more. Uh, but, you know, that's not necessarily 100% I the feel case. like but... we're more of a balance, mm. aren't
2: we?
3: Yeah, yeah, but I feel like... If you're talking Engl- England clones, it's New Zealand.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I feel like with our actual comedy shows... They lean towards more the English sensibility oh, of comedy yeah, than more yeah. the American style of comedy. Same with our stand up comedians and stuff, I, I oh, personally definitely. feel. So that's why I feel like speaking, we lean towards more the English sensibility of comedy, but we obviously have our own style. But that's why people like Rick Mail can work for us as well, mm. because we also got a lot of him as well. <laughs> I grew up, I remember some of my earliest memories. Of of remembering watching TV was watching Bottom. My mum and dad let me watch Bottom.
3: This bec- explains so much.
0: Well, it's because it's slapstick, mm. and it's sexual. But it's slapstick. As a kid, you're focusing on how many times Rick Mail can get hit in the face with a frying pan.
3: I was watching a clip from Bottom the other day where um. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> <laughs> I don't... I can't even remember, but it, it, it... Like, Rick Mayall gets, like, a spike through the middle of his head, and I literally gasped. I literally yes. went...
0: <laughs> My favourite in Bottom, because there's a lot of physical comedy, which Rick implements in this perfectly, because, again, physical comedy is a lost art form now, I feel. Like, there are some, but, like, in terms of movies... Yeah. And TV. It's like, just
3: Johnny English holding, like... It's
0: just Johnny English... And then on stage, it's just Frank Woodley. You know, like, you
3: know what I mean? Like. Oh, no, Debbie Ladner.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm. But, you know, like, in in bottom, they were gross. And you could see that this is still gross, too. Like, Mm -hmm. not only is it booger flicking, but, like, other things like he hit, you know mean things mean spirited things like when he hits her in the face with a shovel yeah <laughs> but like they would do that in bottom or one of my favorites was he uh rick Mello's character got his in his the christmas episode he gets his finger chopped off accidentally while making Brussels sprouts and then he um bandages his finger back on but it's like bent like completely wrong like twisted up and you see blood is just you know, kind of pouring out of the wound while he's stirring the, like, the soup they're making, the blood's just going into it. And it's great. <laughs> also, one of the best ones that makes me go, ooh, is uh, Eddie, Adrian Edmonson, grabs a lampshade, takes, uh, grabs a grabs a lamp, takes up the lampshade, smashes the light bulb on the edge of a table so it breaks, and then electrocutes, uses it as a cattle prod to electrocute Rick mal and the testicles. See, this movie isn't afraid to do that kind of over the top stuff like Rick Mayo gets hit by a fire truck.
3: What mm. <laughs> what I find funny is it seems like the the most the gravest injury he gets is from her doing the sneeze thing. Well, yeah, because he doesn't expect it. <laughs> um no, but there's bits where he's like no, don't you don't you sneeze. And she's like <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean he he
1: he pretty much expects it all the time. He just can't deal with it. Uh mm. that is true.
3: <laughs> he could just move.
1: No, because He's not real. In fact, he call. Yeah. In fact, he calls out the catalyst, the the flowers, every time it happens, doesn't he?
3: Gladiolas. <laughs> Which I think they mispronounce. They pronounce differently. At least like three different ways in this. Well, no, it's because he's English.
0: <laughs> oh, we made the same joke at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> because obviously, Rick Mel is. Uh, Drop Dead Fred is obviously like a metaphor for her dad. Because he's English. No, that's actually the reason. You know that, right? Mm. That's actually a fact. Drop Dead Fred is actually a symbol and metaphor for the father she wished she had. The one that would stand up for her. The one that would be her friend. The one that would be there. The one that would be active. Because her dad is very passive. Like, he's a nice guy. But he's too busy reading the paper, or or too busy getting into a fight with a mum, and not actually stay, and then leaves. Yeah, I got Le-
3: so mad when he left. I'm like, if you're really that angry, fucking do it. But, but if you
0: actually watch the movie, he's very passive-aggressive to the mum.
3: Oh, he- yeah,
0: oh, and isn't that great for the child? Exactly. Yeah. S- hence, Job Dead Fred exists. Mm. She wants something. Yeah. Phoebe Cates actually said, before we start this episode, Grace and I were talking about, like, what Fred is. And it was like, you know, talk about, like... Is he a man? Is he a man? And uh, I think no. And the weird thing is, Phoebe Cates says yes because really? Phoebe Cates believes one hundred percent that uh, Fred is her embodiment of her masculine okay. side, the side that is you know that she lacks. She's she's
3: too oh like uh, yeah assertiveness and bravado yeah 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 and other yeah. and other aspects of that. So so things Phoebe, that only men have.
0: Well, no, obviously, but it's like, in the well, movie, we get... I sarcastic. Well, I'm going I, I to clarify can... for those who can't tell your can... dry Australian wit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can see what you mean, Ryan, because in this state that, you know, she's grown up under her mum's, you know, thumb, basically, um, she is basically a little girl in a grown-up body. She's like a Stepford wife. Yeah, like step for daughter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I
0: mean, look at her mum wearing... like I mean, She's her, a wife, actually. Her mum wearing these, like, absurd, like, you know, typical... Like, her pink dresses that are just over the top, and, like, the fashion haircut of the day. And... Uh, man, I could swear Glenn Close wore that in Stepford Wives, actually. <laughs> I swear that this is Glenn Close. She's actually just playing us. She's actually Drop Dead Fred as well. Like, uh, if Glenn Close could play Drop Dead Fred in the next movie, that would be great. But, you know, we can't always get what we want. Do you reckon there'll be a Drop Dead Fred remake? They tried. <gasps> really? With Russell Brand. But it <gasps> fell through when Arthur was a, a commercial bomb. Ooh. And people were actually like, look, I reckon Russell Brand could have done it, but I don't think he, he at that time, had asserted hisel- himself enough as a... As a presence on camera he's more of a stand-up comedian kind of guy while rick mayo when he did this he had done everything by then i mean music uh stand-up comedy acting writing like he was uh, directing he was like in charge of everything so by the time he rocked around to america he already had like so much experience Mm. well russell brand Maybe. Maybe in the future. I could still see him doing it, because he has, like, an anarchist sensibility and wackiness, but, you know.
3: I think he's got too much of that I'm an intellectual about him. Yeah, that's... To, like, pull it off and you... Forget to be... I don't think believable is quite what I mean. Mm, but I
0: have seen him in St. Trinian's, and he did a pretty good job playing a commoner in that. A commoner. <laughs> <laughs> he was. He was a drug dealer. So are you basically <laughs> saying that Russell
1: Brand needs to build his brand? Yes. His Russell Brand best okay. effect
0: was this. This is one of the set piece little jokes where his face got squished. I loved this. Just, just, just think if they did it today, it would be a CG effect, and yeah. how lame that would he be. He looks
1: a little bit like um, Tweedle Dum and Tweedledee from the mm. Tim Burton uh, mm. Alice in Wonderland,
0: except for practical instead of CG.
3: Uh, the thing that annoys me about this practical effect is that his hair is brown here, but his hair is red throughout the rest of the movie. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just like a detail. Well, if
0: bit. it makes you feel any better, he's, the roots of his hair are brown, mm.
3: so... I feel like these, his hair is inconsistent throughout this movie. No, I think it's lighting. You reckon?
0: Yeah, because think of the lighting here. Usually when you yeah. see his hair very red, it's backlit this a lot is of the true. time. true. So, it's like, nice look generic. at her hair. You could say her hair's a lot blacker in this scene. <laughs> like, the mum. Don't worry. Her hair's a lot the the relationship
1: between red and brown has always been rocky.
0: Yeah. Do you know there's a theory that every colour is actually brown? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, you can... Is if, it based on, like, altering the lighting or yeah, saturation or whatever? Yeah, pretty much. Like? It's like, you can really trace back okay. that every colour is actually brown. It's a pretty shit theory, though. It's... I mean, <laughs> yeah. even if it's true, it's kind of shit because you have to alter it. Because, obviously, then you'd be like, oh, what about white? Well, not a colour. <laughs> What about black? Not a colour.
1: <laughs> um, Microsoft Paint wants a word with you guys.
3: Why me? I've done nothing. At least no, not you. I'm, I'm... No, oh, Clippy say. has a word to <laughs> say to you. <laughs> I'm
1: not going to argue with you, Grayson. Your last name is Brown. Thank
0: you so much. <laughs> every every colour secretly you.
3: Yeah, I'm the authority on this. So, Grayson,
0: <laughs> yeah, did you ever have an imaginary friend or friends?
3: No, I pretended to because I th- wanted to be interesting so badly. Really? Yeah. How like, old were you? I think I was five.
0: Wow! Even at five, you felt peer pressure to be different oh, enough to be like, "I have an imaginary friend."
3: I don't know. Like, I've, I'm the youngest child in the family, and like, Ditto. Excellent! I'm so happy for you. Yeah. Um, no, just naming a Pokemon alike. I was. was that your imaginary <laughs> friend. I was gonna. <laughs> <ask>? <laughs> And and my family, like, living at home was, like, six people, so, like, getting Ooh. a word in edgeways was very difficult. Mm. So, like, I was loud and different, which explains a lot about me now. Does it? Um, yeah, and, like, my fake imaginary friend, like, basically, he was tigger but blue and called tiger. <laughs> <laughs> I like that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah oh, oh that's cute I wanted to be special and different but I wasn't that imaginative apparently. What about you Bartek? No it
1: is
0: I mean he's orange but he's blue
3: Yeah just switch it It's, Contra- just, it's just Eeyore now
0: I loved Eeyore. Of course, I did too. <laughs> I never really liked Winnie the Pooh, but every time Eeyore was on, I'm like, oh, Eeyore. Eeyore. Everyone, everyone thought I'd be like a Tigger guy, but I'm like, nah, Tigger's too annoying. <laughs> Give me some Eeyore action. And then once I started introducing other characters, well, I'm like, ah, I'm, uh, well, I don't Ryan. need room. Well, right, you know who <laughs> don't would- Don't <laughs> pander to me because I'm from Australia. Well, you know who would have played a good Tigger? Who? Rick Mayall. <laughs> he would have done a fantastic job, wouldn't he? Uh, yet again, I don't know if his voice would be good for it. Like physically, you could, but I if mean, he did it as a voice thing, I reckon all the, he...
1: aren't all the like hundred acre woods or whatever they're called characters, um, like all old American people voicing yeah. them anyway. So yeah,
0: yeah. But what I mean is, like, Tigger has a very like husky voice that's got a bit of a lisp to it. Mm. Like he's got more of a more brevi- like. In comparison to every other character, does no, so he sound like this? But, but yeah. Well, this. then you have, but then you have Winnie the Pooh is like, oh, you know, and then you have. Pig- <laughs> He's Irish. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 Wait, I, I actually thought you were gonna be like, that's Mickey Mouse, but then and then you have Piglet. That's actually what he just sounded like. Did you know yeah, Piglet was played by the, the same guy until he died only a couple years back? Mm. Yeah, same guy. The, he was in Twelve Angry Men. Oh. He was a little bold guy. Was he, he was, angry? No, well kinda he was nervous. He was also in Star Trek, the original one, and it's great to hear the voice of Piglet literally say, I will murder you! I shall shoot your corpses into space and watch them explode And it's like nothing gives you more joy than hearing the voice of Piglet say brutal things. No, Rick well, I don't know. I reckon he could do a good version of 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 the owl because Rick Mayo's voice acting always had more of a nobility to it hence he did King Arthur. He
3: he did um a animated TV series that I cannot remember the name of but it was like three little animal figurines yeah. that came to life and I think he voiced a bird in that.
0: I wouldn't be surprised. He also did uh this show, uh, maybe it's the same show but there's this one show where it's called uh I think it's Grizzly Tail, No no, like yeah and it's him sitting on this chair telling these stories.
3: Grizzly tail. Wasn't that Nigel playing? Yeah,
0: I'm thinking it's a different... It's something tales. It's like grim tales for kids or whatever. But it's like him sitting on this chair that has ostrich legs and hands. <laughs> ostrich hands? No, no. Oh. No, no, no. Weird hands. Not ostrich hands. But uh, To uh,
1: answer your question, Ryan... Do uh, you have an imaginary friend? No, I just talk to myself.
0: Okay. But did you, did you ever have an imaginary friend as a little, small child? So my question to...
1: Counter your question would be, Ooh. did with, I? With the... <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I don't, ca- I, I don't care about that. Um, <laughs> my question is: with imaginary friends, is it essential that you believe that they are real, or you that you, at the time you, you yeah. can't just pretend that they're real? No, at
0: the time they have to feel real. I think is the idea.
3: I think that's the idea. But I, it also like occurred to me while I was watching this because I was thinking about how I like pretended to have one did everyone pretend to have one and we all just we all just like no you only have one if you like really believe yeah because i
1: i don't know if i ever like had one whether pretend or not but i always just imagined it be like oh yeah you know it's not real but because you
0: get fun out of it you you but at the same time you're speaking as an adult no but i thought cognitive mind no no, but i thought
1: no i no, i thought this when i was young
0: oh okay me and that's why it's blowing I, my I mind. I never, I because... never had an imaginary friend. I, I would just rather. No one asked.
3: I, I, I just wouldn't
0: say <laughs> it. I just would play on my trampoline and make up like stories to jump around and do like flying or whatever, like narrative-based thing that I would make up. Yeah, solos. Usually, Satan was my antagonist <laughs> because when you're a kid, Satan's like the most evil of evil people. Satan didn't really
3: enter into my life as a child. Not in pop culture. No, not really. Not even in Powerpuff Girls. I didn't watch Powerpuff Girls growing uh, up. Oh well, I didn't have Foxtel. Uh, I didn't either. How did you watch it? It was on TV. Was it?
0: Yeah. Oh, wasn't where I was. Oh well, that will teach you to not live in rural Australia like I did.
3: Yeah, teach me to be in <laughs> metropolitan Australia. So
0: guys, this is a really extreme moment in the movie that we should mention, where she literally burgles the house to the <laughs> point in which they make the par- She makes the parents so scared that the father gets arrested for tackling a policeman. The famous crime. Mm. It is, but also, she gets away with it. <laughs> there. Well, and she, she tries to speak up. Yeah, dude. she tries to. But no one listens to small children.
3: Yeah, and that not that just the theme throughout this? Oh, that no one listens to her? Yeah.
0: Yeah, but she doesn't also stand up for herself strong enough is also one of the things in it.
3: Yeah, but like...
0: Her assertiveness is weak.
3: Yeah, but she's 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 been t- like conditioned to not be assertive by an abusive parent.
0: Yeah, she's conditioned to be stuck as her as her childlike self. Hence, yeah. at the end. She frees herself as a child and embraces her, which is just beautiful. It actually is.
1: Speaking of the child, I really like the chemistry between the child actress and Rick Mayle. Yes, thank you. I'm
3: uncomfortable with it being called chemistry, but I do agree. No, it is chemistry. Well, not not romantic chemistry. Obviously not, because that's gross (laughs) and horrible and wrong. There is a weird
0: kind of romantic chemistry with the adult version. That's odd, isn't it? No. No, no, because it's also, like, for her character, he's the only positive male figure she's had in her life, and her character learns by the end that she can rely on herself. Mm. So, you know... But it's also not played too strongly. Like yeah. you know, he does the little kiss at the end, but that's also like you could tell that's a part of how you do the getting rid of job dead Fred thing. Yeah. Which also there's this other other movie I can't remember what it's called, but there's this one with Gerard Depardieu where he plays an imaginary friend, but it's played like ultra sweet with Haley Joel Osment as the kid. Oh, my God. It's actually really good. It's worth checking out. But at the end, it has this really sweet monologue, which this movie kind of does the opposite of, where at the end, the kid walks off with his um, stepmother, Whoopi Goldberg, and... um The imaginary friend's just left there, and he talks to us, the audience, being like, oh, they always remember saying hello to us and playing adventures, but they never say goodbye. You never say goodbye to your imaginary friends. Maybe years later you'll remember us, but that's not a goodbye, and that kind of thing. But then he's happy with it, and he walks off, and he walks down the road, and the credits play as he bumps into, like, this little girl who's crying, and you see it's like a silhouette image because it's the sun setting. And it's like, oh, that's kind of neat. Well, this film does the opposite effect of that, where it's kind of like... She needs to say goodbye. They they can say goodbye Mm. to your imaginary friends unless you kill them with medication.
3: That's real weird, the medication thing. It works, though. Yeah, it does work, but it's like an interesting... I don't... It's it's an interesting twist that she's literally
1: killing him. Well, to be fair, Mm. he isn't dead at the end.
0: He doesn't drop dead? No. (laughs) No.
3: Who doesn't? Fred. No.
0: Fred doesn't drop dead. No, no, no. no. Tim Matheson as the husband, he doesn't drop dead. He gets to not have Bella, Mm -hmm. Annabella, which has one of my favorite lines, oddly enough, because I always try to think, what's my favorite line outside of anything Fred says? Mm. And one of my favorite lines is, Annabella, Bella, I'm still your fella. And I'm like, (laughs) because it's so cheesy. And he thinks it's working. And he's gross. He is gross. Mm. I'm pretty sure, I can't remember, I think he's an Australian actor, I can't remember. I can't remember. I think one of the actors in this is an Australian actor somewhere. But, yeah, this has a lot of extreme things going on. But Bartek, this is still funny. What was one of the uh, standout funny moments for you, or something that really kind of put a grin on your face?
3: Can I interrupt Sorry, Bartek. No, well, go ahead. What's I going? just the thing is, they they pan to Mac Cosmetics and they go, "Ah, cruelty free," and I'm like, "Mac Cosmetics are not cruelty free." Oh, now. it's because her mum's a liar. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Good point. I forgot that her mum is a liar. Sorry, Bartek. <laughs>
1: go on. <laughs> no, it's okay. I didn't even start speaking. Um, <laughs> well, again, I uh, with the with the chemistry with the the child actress and Rick Mayo, I I found a lot of that just
0: like put a smile on my face because it was, like, charming and mm. genuine.
3: And I want that child to be happy so badly.
0: <laughs> she was a very well-known child actress at the time, too. Really? Yeah, she was in a big soap opera, like, period piece soap opera. Mm. Uh, yeah, I can't remember if she's gone on to anything, but, uh, yeah, I agree. That's actually one of the standout moments for me is the amazing chemistry between the two of them because you could tell Rick male made her ha- very happy. Mm. Like, because sometimes you see that in movies where there's a child actor and... Uh, and sometimes child actors can come across very artificial because yeah. they have to be. Mm. But she seems very genuine. Like, she's genuinely having a great time. Like, that bit where he's like, Yeah, and then we'll cut off her head. Yeah, with a pair of scissors. And then we'll make her eat it. Eat her own head? Yeah. How's she going to eat it? With what? Oh, yeah. Then I'll all eat her head. Like, <laughs> that seemed like a genuine moment of improvisation between mm. these two. And, and, and Rick Bell yeah. just went with it. And yeah. so did she. And it seemed, like, very natural. Like, that's how... Like an, an an uncle would sp- like, or an uncle or dad would speak with their little girl. Like it sounded felt very natural, mm. and I think that's actually one of the great standout things. It did make me laugh, how like it made me smile and laugh how well their chemistry worked, and then mm. it transcended to how well the adult version of chemistry works as well. Because mm. she's doing that thing where she's like, "I don't want a bar of this," but at the same time, she Phoebe Cates does a good job of communicating enough that she does want this as well. So that's good. Um... Any other things, so, like any jokes or comedy set pieces, though? Jokes? Um... Or comedy set pieces. I mean, he does sink a boat.
3: <laughs> In a fantastic Captain Feathersword cosplay. Pirates! <laughs> <laughs> His outfits are great, too. Oh, I love them.
0: My favourite comedy moment has to be when he's at the uh, the very elegant uh, party, mm. and he's he's saying hello to everyone there (laughs) but it's like (laughs) no one can see him that was really
3: good
0: I did like (laughs) that he's like it's just a little thing like she's talking but you just see him and he's like oh hello oh my oh hi and he's just like waving at them like they could see him (laughs) I I
3: really liked um in the meeting where um like what was he called not Roger uh
0: who uh, the husband?
3: No, the yeah the 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 guy that Carrie is having sex with.
0: Oh yeah 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 he's he's got a weird name Murray 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 Murray, Murray. Mur. Mur, yeah yeah which I thought was a different name I thought that was Merle because hmm. Merle can be short from like Merle can be short for Merle
3: yeah but. I don't really think there's not really a shorthand for Murray is there I suppose Ray maybe Muzzer. Mus oh God. why <laughs> did I <ask? laughs>
0: Bill Muzzer.
3: but my one of my favourite bits is where like um, Drop Dead Fred is like on his shoulder going yeah Give it to him. Tell him. Tell him, Murray. <laughs> Give it to him. Well, I, li- I
0: liked when he, when Murray, like, wiped his nose. He's like, oh, what's up there? What's up there? And he looks up in his oh, nose. It, it's, it's, it's gone now. It's gone now. <laughs> like, that, was really great. that was good. That was <laughs> 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 good. What about when Carrie Fisher drags the chair out? Yes! <laughs> like, she's hitting the floor. It's and like, and Fred's controlling Phoebe K to make it look like, yeah, you're nailing him. You're nailing him. <laughs> this is a great moment, too, where he's like, just very. see, this is a moment where Rick-, Rick Mayo knew how to pull back so that when he released, it was a punchline. Yeah. Played this serious? Mm. You didn't expect him to go like you kind of do, but in the moment mm. he seems. Like, oh, he's not going to do this but sincere.
1: Then he does.
3: Yeah, yeah, he's not going to Fred, and then he frets all over it. Yeah.
0: Oh god, it's a good verb. So you yeah, liked when Carrie? You you like the whole little Carrie Fisher breakdown moment where he's looking up the guy's nose. The and... nose thing I remember, god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I also there's many moments. I enjoy the bits where he's crawling around on the floor looking up people's dresses, because that means she's thinking about that in her mind. She's thinking about that. She's thinking about her mum's dusty vagina, My or... Lord. Yes! Oh. Yes! Yes! Oh, come on, I also like the little set piece where he meets other imaginary friends. That's cute. It raises a lot of questions, though. Oh,
3: yes. Like The fact that like the kids can't see each other's imaginary friends? I think that makes sense, though. I mean, it it does, but it's it, I felt like it's 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 like not a move I expected this movie to make. Like it's a mm. little like not intellectual necessarily, but it's a level of thinking. It's outside the box. Yeah, that you could have just gone. Oh, they can all see it. It would've been easy. Because
0: usually in a movie or show, like for instance, there's the TV show Quantum Leap, and in the show Quantum Leap, the only people could see what his real form is are small children, animals, or the mentally ill. Because that's usually how movies work or TV shows. Same with Robert Downey Jr.'s movie *Heart and Souls*. Only crazy people and children can see his imaginary people or animals. His dead friends, his dead friends or or animals. But in this movie, they go, "Hey, what happens if it if the imaginary friends have imaginary friends? Mm. <laughs> like that's what it's telling me. It's like I know they're real, but since none of the other people can see his friends, like Fred's." Other imaginary friend people. It's like an imaginary friend has imaginary friends. Mm. Wait, you thought that they were
1: his imaginary friends? No,
0: but what I'm saying is, since he's an imaginary friend, and since no one else can see his friends, they are also, on a level, imaginary friends. Well, there are multiple kids in that room, they can all see their imaginary friends. Yeah, Yeah, I know that, but what I'm saying is... They are all
3: imaginary, but they are all his friends. Yeah. yeah. Oh,
1: I see, it's a different take on the... Imaginary friends. Exactly, because usually Ah. all the
0: kids would see all of the friends. Mm.
3: Yeah, but
1: this
0: one, they're all te- well, tethered. i no. use that word to one. yeah. Grayson, mm. yeah. how did you feel about the racism of the imaginary friend called Velcrohead, who was the black one?
1: <laughs> is Velcro a racial Velcro Velcrohead oh.
0: is a racial sense, uh, slur, especially in England. That went over my head. I had no idea. Um. And his, And his little girl is the black girl.
3: Too. Oh, well, I don't. You know, I don't feel good about racism in, in any <laughs> shape or form. It's this last I episode, last
0: episode, we had a debate about the racial connotations of, of him of, calling him uh, boy, of him boy, and I'm like, well, in England, <laughs> in England, that's not a racial slur in the same way as in America. But you're like, you were more like, well, it does count still. And I'm like, yeah, in this be- movie, it's like Velcro, but since we don't say it in America, since so I say it, mm. It doesn't come across but since it is and he is black and it's a little black girl yeah. does it make it a little bit more
3: mm. Well the thing is is that like no no movie is going to be screened in only one country.
0: That is true. Look at the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> Which was screened for the Spanish people in English. They didn't understand it so that they, they re-edit the movie to make it understandable to speak people who don't speak English. Oh my goodness.
2: <laughs>
3: um like it, it's 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 going to be viewed by several countries and you you, had, you you kind of have to be aware of of that yeah
0: and also rick mail helped with the script at points too
3: yeah and if it's if it's bad in england surely he should know
0: but you but at the same time different time different comedy sensibilities also it, it's rick mail He usually did that pushing the boundaries in both good and bad ways i mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> But I do love the fact that Carrie Fisher is so Carrie Fisher in this movie that she lives in a boat. (laughs) Is
1: she playing a character? Well, no, that's why they cast her. Yeah, because she
3: had a boat. Ah, (laughs) 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 I can't believe that snuck up on me, Bartek. Well done. I
1: thought of that before we started recording. I'm like, I should save that for the episode. Brilliant. Save it for the recording format, not the conversation. Mm. You should.
0: You should. And you did.
3: You nailed it. Yeah. You nailed it. I reckon when they cut her hair for the second time, they should have, like, stuck to the asymmetrical thing. Because if anyone could pull it off with her face... No, don't they even it out? No. Oh. I just had bad vision. It's just combed nicer, because this is her having woken up,
0: and Mm. then her in water. But by the end of the movie, her, like, the the dream in her mind palace, it is one side's longer than the other, but also she does that thing where she goes, this does look awkward. You know what I'll do? Put it behind my ear. That's right. So she does that, that tactic of... I have ears. Mm. I shall use those. <laughs> use the ears. What a fantastic coat. Which Rick male outfit did you want the most? Because I personally wanted the ballroom outfit with the hair. You want the pirate one, Grayson? I think I want the pirate one. He's got
3: knuckle tattoos! I <laughs> yeah. didn't
0: notice that! Oh, in another scene, in the um, in the imaginary friend doctor scene, he has um, uh, rub-on tattoos all over his hands because they're there on the table oh, in the cool. in the waiting room. So he obviously, even though we didn't see it, he obviously put them on himself because he was born. Mm. What about you, Bartik? Any outfits in particular he wore that you were like, ooh, I, I wouldn't mind having that? To be honest, they all sort of
1: blended together because of their colour scheme. Because they're like, green and yellow. But, you know, I, I like the pirate aesthetic.
0: I can go for that one. No one wants his real outfit, his, his mainstay.
3: Well, I'm not it's a, f- a g- fan of double-breasted.
0: But are you a fan of high-waisted pants?
3: Yes, actually, I'm wearing some right now. Oh, really? Yeah, I I can only wear high-waisted because I've got a weird hip to ass ratio. So ah, right. Anything like hipstery will immediately fall down. You see,
0: mine are usually high-waisted because I am skinny and tall. <laughs> and that usually means if you want pants that fit you, fuck you, <laughs> basically. Ah, uh, yes. I do love that he destroys the boat, like honest. And you know, what I love Carrie Fisher's just kind of understanding about it. Like she's a bit of a mental breakdown, but she still wants to be friends. Mm. What a great
3: fucking friend! I
0: mean, Carrie Fisher is the best of friends. Like when you said earlier about like that she has relationship problems, and you were like mainly outside of her mom, mainly just the one with the husband. I do feel like she does have other ones. Like she has relationship problems with Mickey. The best friend, like the the childhood friend, because she Mickey Bunts, because she doesn't want to connect with him because of her mental stuff going on, but also with Carrie Fisher, because Carrie Fisher is giving her really great advice, and she's just like, no. Well, Mm. I wasn't
1: implying anything about other relationships. I was just talking about those two in particular. But I think
0: like the film shows with those two in particular that it affects everything in her life. Yes, Mm. but you do not slander me. (laughs) <laughs> you motherfucker!
3: Your eyes got so serious. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's classic B Tech action. There. Um, Sometimes I just get a bit dark. I do love the fact that we never see the resolution to what happens to Carrie Fisher. Like, she—do we know if she still works? Like, we do know she gets a lot of money for the boat, but did she get fired from this? Who knows? But did also did Mur get any trouble? Because everyone knows now. I
3: mean, it was the 90s, so probably not.
0: Also, oh, he's, he's. It doesn't even matter if it's the 90s. He's white and yeah. rich and, and old, old and a man. And a lawyer. Is it a law firm? Oh, I assumed it was. Okay. Is it not? Oh, I just never thought about it, but I think it is because I think they're talking about in paperwork police stuff, and I went, oh, but I guess. I just never mm. thought about Would it. That be meant,
1: connected like... to the fact that um, our main character was a. Uh... Uh, what's it called? Typist. Minute, minute Keeper
0: in a... Typist. Typist? Court Recorder? Court, Court Recorder, that's what I was yeah. thinking. Minute Keeper.
3: <laughs> Which I thought yeah, that was... In, is that different to a stenographer or is that the same thing? I think they're
0: the same thing. Mm. I think... I don't know. If you're one of those out there listening, tell us all the differences, <laughs> if there is one. And if you're also an imaginary friend, tell us about what that's like. What's Imaginary Friendland like? Is it mm. is it like... What would... Good or is it as fun as what everyone What would says?
1: Mer's imaginary friend be
0: like? Well, he doesn't. He doesn't have dreams. He doesn't have imaginary friends. He just has wet dreams, Bartek. He <laughs> says that. <laughs> so if he's Carrie Fisher's limp hand, it looks like a baby's hand. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is Carrie Fisher was a tiny, tiny woman. Well,
3: yeah. Well, yeah, she was a baby, Ryan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she was a tiny, tiny baby. I like the fact that in, whenever he puts on a persona, because that's also a different suit, he's wearing his business suit. I like that mm. his hair is always groomed differently yeah, as well. Too. Like, like he needs to blend that, in. Yeah, that. I <laughs> The costume designer did a great job,
3: and I like the little, weird little upturn of the collar. Yeah, but like Gilbert's tie.
0: But it also works with the curl of his hair at the mm. front. <laughs>
3: he's just like he's
0: just such a disheveled fucking mess. I do like the fact that of all the imaginary friends, he's the most human-looking one. Mm. Like all the other ones had some weird things—stripes like painted on them, yeah—or or they could—they had Velcro for skin, or or you know weird shit. Or one mm. of them had like a mohawk, and they were also a bird person kind of thing. But Fred's like the only human proper, like without any weird defects. Yeah, he, other than he has wacky hair. Yeah, his craziness mm. is that he's kind
1: of like the Joker, I guess.
0: Rick Mal would have made a great Joker, by the way, voice-wise, wouldn't he?
3: He made a great King Herod in uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. I tried to watch that, I think, after Which... he died, and I don't think... Is it Andrew Lloyd Webber? I think it's Andrew Lloyd It's Ledweber. Andrew Lloyd I don't think Andrew Lloyd Webber's for me, to be honest. That's the only one that is for me.
0: Uh, fair. I mean, just, just there are some songs in that, but then every time it's like, oh, look, it's, it's Mary Magdalene, and she's... I'm like, oh, shut up, Mary... Let's get back to Pontius Pilate, the real hero of the story. <laughs> Here's the best song for me. I love this hat. Mm. See, she's still got her. Blue going on. Lopsided hair. Yeah, as well. I just didn't notice. Yeah, it's because you just kind of assume in a movie they would skip over that continuity
3: mm. detail and you think, oh, well, she got a hair fix. Yeah. Also, my eyesight's bad. <laughs> And it, weren't, you were not wearing glasses? No, I was wearing my glasses, but I was in... um, I'm house-sitting at the moment, so I was in a different house where the TV oh, is no. a bit further away from the couch, and it was on an angle. Fair so enough. Every now and then I was like, oh...
0: Oh, boy, she's wearing blue because she's sad.
3: Oh, sad for Whoa. blue.
0: Uh, now, this movie has a lot of dark elements, a lot of uncomfortable elements. Was there anything in the movie that did make you feel a little bit squirmy in your seat because of the uncomfortable nature of it?
1: I feel like it did. I don't know if I could fully explain it, but I I suppose it would go down to that idea of we're watching a grown-up being treated like a child and that must feel so undignified.
0: Mm. Also, they think she's mentally ill because she kind of is. And the way that they treat this is by giving her this brutish nurse who's like, I will fuck you up if you do anything wrong. Mm. I found this scene very uncomfortable, if I'm honest. Like, in a funny way, though. Like, that's the thing. Because you know what makes it uncomfortable? Mickey. Mickey's just too optimistically on board for her Mickey. insanity. Like, he's, he's got some damage going on. Hence, at the end, when, spoiler his daughter has Fred. A lot of people go, it makes no sense why she has Fred. What Does she have the same problems as Phoebe Cates? I'm well, like, parents, yes, she does. Mm. Yeah. Like, I,
3: when they meet, it's not said, but it's like heavily applied because he has a picture of her attached to paperwork that he's applying for custody of her.
0: Well, no, he says. I does just, he say? Yeah, he says oh. that he says... I managed to win the custody. Ah, I should listen to him more (laughs) instead of just looking at him because he's pretty. Is he? I think he's very pretty. My problem was he looked too much like an action figure doll. He
3: does look like an action man. He
0: does. No, he looks like Max Steel Who in particular. Steel he was, was an action watch. figure doll. I'm so proud of him. He, I say that because he's blonde.
3: But does he have? Does Max Steel have a sweet earring and only one ear? Uh, yes. Oh, cool.
0: <laughs> Max Steel also came out as a movie two years ago. No one saw it. <laughs> no one at all. Not even we we'll covered on the show. Was it better than real Steel? No, well, nothing's better what than. What could be better nothing's than. Nothing's better than Steve. Hugh Jackman
1: teaching robots
3: how to Rambo and, and Rocky it up. Hugh Jackman could do just about anything and I'd happily watch it.
1: I wish. We've only had him once on the show, right?
3: You wish? To, to be Jackman, honest. been on the show? To... Hmm? He, have you had a Hugh Jackman movie? We no. had
0: Pan. We had Pan. Ah, and it was panned. We loved it. Did you really? Of course, he sang Smells Like Teen Spirit. <gasps> and and uh and uh, he also he sang uh um a Ramones song as well. Blitz, Blitzkrieg bop.
3: He sang oh my Wait, God. did he or
0: was it just the No,
3: it's him because it's Hugh Jackman. Okay, I'm just fucking. YouTuber Look, I
0: know that. this is completely off topic, but I love Hugh Jackman as a person. I love him as as not Logan musical, as Wolverine, <laughs> but in every other role, they're just movies that aren't for me. The only one I like outside of the Wolverine stuff is the Prestige, and that's because it's completely different to what Hugh Jackman plays because he's an asshole in that movie, mm. <laughs> and also because I'm not a huge Christian Bale fan, so in that movie, Christian Bale's like dead weight to me. So I'm like, oh.
3: And there's Hugh Jackman. one of him as well. Spoiler. Oh, if you haven't <laughs> seen the fucking prestige.
0: Hey, hey, you got upset with me for ruining Murder on the Orient Express, a story that did came I out like really? 75 years ago. Yeah, yeah, because I was sitting with you one time and I was like, talk about the new movie. I'm like, what's the point? The the twist is like it's, it's age old. Everyone knows that everyone did it, and you're like, I didn't. I was actually wanting to go see that movie and you got really upset at me for saying that. Do you know what's really that. funny
3: is I know now that that is a complete lie because I have no interest and never have had interest in watching Murder no, on the Orange No, no, Express. the new movie because... No, no, I I, I still have no interest. <laughs> no, at the time you said because
0: you were like, I like Kenneth Branagh. Do I? You, you did say this. I mean, I, I, I assumed don't... you were like, oh, you like Harry Potter so everyone likes Kenneth you know what's Branagh. What's not? Actually,
3: I like him in Much Ado About Nothing, weirdly enough.
0: I like him in general. That's fair. You He's know, an actor I wish was in More Things I Liked too. I
3: have no doubt that I said this, but I have such a bad memory that I have like absolutely no doubt. No
0: joke. I told this I told the story yeah, to Bartek, like, and then Bartek was <laughs> like well, I didn't know either. (laughs) Yeah. Him telling the story about him telling you spoiled it for me. And then literally, I was in this sphere where I was like, I'm the crazy one. And And then we had Sorab on the show. And then then we had (laughs) Sorab, and he didn't know either. And then my fiance was like, Ryan, just don't spoil it for people. Evidently, they don't know. And I'm like, my argument was, people should know. It's one of my age-old classics. Like, it's even got a phrase, oh, they murder on the own to express this. Like, I've never heard that phrase. It's a common thing when it's like, if you're talking about like, you know, Ryan, murder mysteries or whatever you. or stuff like that. Like, Sorab, Grace and I are going to party without you. And I you. and I got so annoyed. But then and then I was in this sphere alone. But then our good friend Will, he was like, guys, come on. It came out. The book came out so long. I mean, there's been like three movies. Ryan, do you really want to build up Will as the mainstream? He was right. <laughs> uh, quick, quick cameo alert. There was a woman that just popped on screen just before she gave a shocked look. That's uh, Charlie's mum from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Just wanted to point that out. She's a great actress. She's been in a ton of, ton of things. She was in uh, uh, Krippendorf's tribe as the nurse character oh. to the elderly old lady that was in Bringing Down the House. Yes, that's right. A lot of returning stars in this one. This is our first time with Rick Mayle as well. Mm. I think there was another returning actress, but I can't remember who it was.
3: Has has Rick Mayall been in many
0: movies? Oh, Jodie Foster. Yes.
3: Mm.
0: Jodie Foster is not in this. Isn't she Annabelle? No. No. That is Bridget Fonda. Sorry, Bridget Fonda. Daughter daughter of Jane Fonda, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, Annabella. She's returning, isn't she? I don't know if we've had a Bridget Fonda. Uh, you got got questioning swear, now? I looked,
1: up her, I looked her up on Wikipedia yesterday and she was in something we'd done, but I can't remember what it <sighs> was. I love this
0: scene, but it also makes me uncomfortable as well because then you are got to realize. a woman. And then she leaves, but then she gets taken by security. So that's all. Right. I think she was in
1: Monkey Bone. Monkey Bone.
0: Okay, I'll take it away. Is
3: her haircut asymmetrical here?
0: I don't know. But it wasn't in the other scene. And then it isn't in other scenes. Look, if you want to get continuity up in this movie's ass, there's a scene where. Uh, she's walking down the stairs in her mum's house and you see tape on the floor where the actors are supposed to stand on their mark. So, I mean... That's
3: amazing. I mean,
0: for me, continuity stuff never bothers me in movies unless it's, like, the only thing that you can attach yourself to. Yeah, like,
3: unless you're truly bored, that's what you latch on like, to.
0: Like, people always have a go at, like, oh, you know,
3: a Dark Knight Rises
0: sucked because how did you get from here to Gotham so quickly? I'm like, dude... Fucking shut up. The movie was boring before that. (laughs) He's got a
3: grappling hook. He's got a motory bike. Come on. He's
0: Batman. That's Mm -hmm. your answer. But uh, I love this guy. (laughs) The Mm. Doctor. I like how he's clearly dubbed as well. Like, it's clearly not that actor's voice. It's clearly some other man's voice. He looks a bit like Dr. Phil. He does. He does. Mm. See, her hair's asymmetrical here. Yeah. But yeah, I love the little touches. Like, like, yeah, Fred's got... Things on his hands because he's just been. I think they're stamps, the little stamps that they have in kids' waiting rooms. I just love that. Like because he's walked over (laughs) from wherever they were. Mm. What did? And I reckon Rick Mail was like, "I got to do this."
3: So it may have just been Rick Mail who was bored and was like,
0: (laughs) "Rick Mail being bored." I would love to watch a whole. There was this interview with him where he was just like, "Why is it that every show Rick Mail is in isn't three hours long?" Why is it also filled with other actors? Why (laughs) can't it just be him, talking for three hours? Wouldn't that be the best? And then he then he goes on a rant about how Harry Potter sucks because he was in it and then they cut him out of the movie.
3: He was Was peeves, peeves?
0: yeah. And everyone's still upset about that. Everyone who knows, everyone who knows. Of course
3: they are. Rick Mayall's peeves is the best (laughs) casting you could possibly achieve, other than Hagrid being Robbie Coltrane. <laughs> That's true. I also like when I when I I saw a comic strip this movie. I can't remember which one it was. It might have been Supergrass. A, no, I think it was Five Men in a Car. Um, oh, yeah. Robbie Coltrane's in it. I'm like R- Hagrid.
0: Oh, well, Robbie's
3: Rick May. And I'm like, yeah, he was part of it. I'm he like, was in Young Ones. Yeah, it blew my fucking mind. <laughs> I was like 14 at the time. He so... was a
0: Cyclops in the Young Ones at one point. Mm. And he played also scientist who dropped a giant bun on them because he's looking at them in a petri dish. <laughs> And he's like, oh, he's with this thick accent. I love this. Just all this craziness going mm. on. I love that they don't like this guy, though. Mm. <laughs> he's such a namby-pamby. Then namby-pamby, namby-pamby comes <laughs> along and they like her, though. <laughs> like... <laughs> I love this. It's just such a weird way to go about telling this interesting story about this woman who's obviously having a lot of mental trauma going on in her life. Like, this movie hits a lot of emotional things. Like, I read this... Uh, there was this article, by I can't remember some hipster news thing. was like, Drop Dead
3: Fred's a lot darker than you remember it being. There's at least two articles about And it's that. like,
0: well, yeah, duh. It had Rick Mayo in it. You could apply that to literally everything he was in. Like, mm-hmm. that kid's cartoon show, King Arthur. Mm. He, it's a lot darker than you remember. Yeah, it's got Rick Mayle in it.
1: <laughs> Speaking of which, Ryan, I failed to look up the Siskel and Ebert thing. Oh, it was what? their most hated movie of 1991. Yeah, but you told me that their video was interesting. Oh, it was interesting
0: in... because they were just like... They were describing him as if he was like the YouTube character Fred... Okay. <laughs> like, he's this high-pitched squealing man Who does not stop talking for 90 minutes And all he does is scream And I'm like
3: I don't think he screams much
0: No, but what they hear is screaming Is him being like, you know, him yelling I do like that he attached his ear All the way up there <laughs> <laughs> Because he's made out of Velcro He's <laughs> Velcro head Do you say he was black? He is, he's a black actor That's Got light-skinned makeup on. Oh, I see. Well, that's... You know, look. Grayson gave a smirk face. I mean, It wasn't know, a smirk. Disgust. A sneer? Sneer's closer. Smirk face. So... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think everyone does a good job. Can we give some props to the actress who played the mum? She was great. I hated I, her so much. I actually felt like, s- I was meant to. You feel sorry for her at the end, though. I absolutely do not. I did. I, I think you're all. supposed to, though, in a little bit. Like, like you can understand at the end when she's like, I'm lonely. Because this movie's all about people who are lonely and how they adapt. Because the mum was lonely, too,
3: even in the relationship with the father. Because the father was so absent. Any film that tries to make me feel sorry for an abusive parent is never going to win. Mm. And
0: that's why she doesn't accept it fully at the end. Hmm but at the same time it's showing you, the audience, that the mum isn't just a psychopath. It's giving the mum more of a fleshed out um, reasoning for being the way she is. It's not just saying her mum is a complete psycho that has disregard for every. She's not like a sociopath. She's not just this monster with no feeling. Mm. It's that she's also driven by loneliness, which is what also drives our main character. But it's kind of showing you how, you know, loneliness and separation from oneself or others can drive you into certain. You know, uh, fields in the mind, and I think that's kind of one of the recurring things throughout. it, Like even Mickey, Mickey's alone, and he wants to kind of connect with her because of previous in, uh, relationships, and 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 you know he's had to adjust himself to be this serious adult guy, and now mm. he doesn't want to do that either. You know, it's like a lot of people are lonely in this movie, even even Fred's lonely. Because she starts to ignore him And then you know, he starts literally dying
3: mm. <laughs> And also he was locked up in that box for ages And he was like, I oh, was in there for ages
0: But he also treats it like, eh It was ten minutes Yeah, where's the dolls? Mm. <laughs> like when he finds them He just bites their heads off <laughs> instantly
3: I know, and like rips off the monkey It tested, it tested mm. Ah,
0: oh no, I've got a serious case of cornflakes
3: disease <laughs> 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 What a dick
0: <laughs> you gotta love him though yeah this has a lot of serious elements but can we talk about her husband and what a what a cunt he is oh um, my god what
3: an asshole for
0: me I found him worse than the on, on the level than the mum because the mum I could like the mum they did give you a little bit of an understanding as to what was going on with her while him it's just men are pigs mm. I'm like oh, yeah they are I know but he was fucking detestable what about what did you think about that part? It's Like, like hey, we was trying to work both girls at the same time
1: yeah, and he did that by, again, like, emotionally manipulating one of them. When both? he when he thought that she was dressed very nicely.
0: Oh, well, both of them. Well, yeah, but
1: we don't really focus on the other one.
0: But we do meet her. And when he's on the phone, he's trying to emotionally manipulate her, too. Yeah, but we don't... It see, doesn't work, though. But we really don't see her much. Yeah, but the fact is you can tell that he's trying to emotionally manipulate both of them because but her, he's, uh, he's he's in the driver's seat mm. of any woman. True,
1: but with her it's not as big a deal because by the end we don't see her and also she gets over him as oh, well. Oh yeah, she
0: dumps him, but that's what I'm saying. Like, but we don't see that. But he try No, we hear it on the phone.
1: Yeah, I'm just saying I don't really see his... What he's doing to her as that bigger thing—it's just like, oh, he's. Well, cheating. I just
0: think the fact that he's trying to date both of them at the same time, and then when he's having the long phone call conversation with Annabelle yeah. on the phone, he's doing the same tricks. He's trying to, that but he's Ad- achieved with uh, our main character, yeah, but Annabelle's aware
1: of the double play.
0: Exactly, so it's not working; hence, it fails. But yeah. the fact that he tries in the first place, and he
3: also hmm. says to Annabelle, Annabella, Annabella, sorry, uh, I'm your fella. Oh God. Like he says You know I'm Like you said I'm in the driver's seat I'm in control Like he He openly admits To manipulating Elizabeth
0: Yeah Yeah He's he's just Detestable Can I That's I just... why
3: the mum Likes him so much Because it's like From one thumb to another
0: Exactly I do love the The dad in the scene Is just so Passive Aggressive <laughs> He's just He seems all nice, but then, like, he has to get the last word in before he leaves. Mm. Like, I, you know, look, I know that we can't support the mum because she's emotionally abusive. But at the same time, I do kind of feel like she's terrible. But you kind of get an understanding of why you could feel for her. Because at the end of the day, she's the only one that has to deal with her daughter doing some of the most, like... Wow, things like if you were, oh, yeah, when she walked in on the mess and she made that face,
1: I was thinking to myself, Yeah, what other face could you make?
3: <laughs> that, that, this may just be me, but I, I, the feeling that I got from this is that she is shutting him out. I just feel like it's a, yeah, but it's, I feel like it's a bit of both. As well, I think it's just he's very aloof kind of guy, mm, and I think she shuts him out and then and like pushes him away, and he's not there, and then she's like, "Why aren't you there?"
0: Yeah, And she's a flawed individual. Mm. She's obviously the villain of the movie, oh, other than Fred. Uh, <laughs> well, he is on a level, but he's also one of those. He's actually the. He's an antihero. He's an antihero. Mm. Did you know there's a porn parody?
3: Oh, I wish you'd never said that. You want to guess what it's called?
0: Go on, have a go. I don't think I could. Come on, if you had to make a porn parody of Drop Dead 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 Fred, Fred, what would you name it? Remember, it's porn. It's porn. Does it rhyme with Drop Dead Fred? Yeah. Okay. Kinda. I've
1: got no idea. Bartek? (laughs) Drop. (laughs) Drop. I'm, try- I'm trying to work. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, there are three words. Drop panties, Fred? No. There are three words there. Are two of them still the same as the original title?
0: No. Okay.
1: Because, like, he's a drop dong, Fred? I don't no, know. it's
0: rock hard ed. Oh, my <laughs> God. <Okay. laughs> rock hard ed. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> awful okay, it rhymes <laughs> it's, even, original, it's even worse when you read the plot synopsis I, Why
3: would you read the plot <laughs>
0: Because synopsis? I do research for this show in the plot synopsis, he has to teach the Elizabeth version that she, she, she since she's never... She, oh, I don't think I want to hear this. You do no, know. No, I don't. Please don't say it. <laughs> what do you think? Please don't what say it. What do you think it. I'm going to say? I
3: don't want to say it. I don't want to hear it.
0: You know how Elizabeth, Elizabeth I in this movie is, he's the masculine side. Mm. Well, in the porn, he's the repressed them. sexuality side.
3: Oh I mean of course he is.
0: Well, so it's like you've never masturbated? That's terrible. You need to masturbate. Oh. But uh, instead he uses the word diddle. Oh
1: that's <laughs> so bad. Masturbation was actually my guess.
0: And then <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he teaches her how to diddle. Diddle, diddle, diddle. Yeah, well, I um, wish I
1: said it out loud. Now, now you can't believe me if that, that was my guess.
0: I never will. That's your yeah. fault. You're always too slow to the draw, Bartek. You'd get. I killed. thought I'd be this wrong. Is... That's what I didn't. Outside say. Uh, this, see, this is a great scene. What a beautiful relationship these two had. I, Rick Bell was one of those actors who had great chemistry with pretty much anyone he was working off of. Honestly. Because, you know, he's always the loud, over-the-top one. Like, watching him and Rowan Atkinson play off of each other, because they are completely opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of comic sensibility. Mm. One of my favourite interviews is for Blackadder documentary, and it's Stephen Fry. Him sitting there, and he has this begrudging tone in his voice where he's like, you see, in comedy and in acting in general, it's all about working with one another, helping each other out to get the best performances and the best work. But then there are some. <laughs> and then he's like, then there are some who come in and make it all about themselves and steal the thunder. And my God, do they steal the thunder that it just cuts to the flash art. <laughs> like, yeah, obviously Stephen Fry saying it with love, but it is kind of like, Rowan Atkinson had a thing about that too, where Rowan Atkinson is more shy and quite timid, and then Rick Vale makes it like, He's the jock of comedy. Like, he's like, <laughs> comes in and he grabs the, the football of comedy and spikes it in the punch bowl. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Rick Mail comes in and he owns, he steals every scene he's in. Every scene in anything ever. Yeah.
3: Have you ever seen Man Down with Greg Davies?
0: Yes, and he steals every scene he's in in that, too. <laughs> mm. There's a moment in that show where he's like, giving this heartfelt speech about, like, yeah, you know, I would. Visitor every night waiting outside the window with a rose and all that. And then he's like, wow, that's really beautiful. And he did that for like five years. Like, wow, that's how you met and that's how you courted mum? Yeah. What a beautiful story. Yeah. And then I fucked it really hard over by that wall over there. Then <laughs> he gets full Rick Mayall, like reenacts it. And he's like, Wild Man. The fact that Greg Davies cast Rick Mayall as his dad is perfect casting because they look so much alike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a horrible scene.
3: It's truly awful
0: but you know it, it is because she traps her inside that jack-in-the-box on a level because mm. she genuinely with kid logic believes he's in that jack-in-the-box and mm. so so is her yeah she's she's trapped forever kid
3: under her mum's control also literally <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: i got so angry at the dad for leaving i'm like if you truly believe that this is not right why are you not taking yeah it was
1: you? weird like he was, seemed to be on her side but then he left
3: oh it's because he's spineless
1: well, obviously yeah
0: Mm. I love this. This,
3: this was, was good, nice. and I like that he's like, I found that letter <laughs> in the sh- when I was hiding in the shed. And he pointed <laughs> well, out he like, where sp- I hid it. And
1: he pointed out specific words. Like yes,
3: <laughs> <laughs> and like the funny thing was, I was just like, oh, that is kind of that word, isn't it?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I love that. But yeah, what a horrible scene. Like, mm. it's really traumatizing yeah. to watch oh, when yeah. you're a small kid because you're like, you know, you trust in your parents. Or at least you do on some level. But at the same time, when you're a kid and your parents have to do extreme things, you can really take it personally. Mm. There was always those things of, you know, your damages are from your family. <laughs> your parents,
3: you know what I mean. No, I'm I'm laughing at the weird movement you did, not at. That's because like, I was correct. Uh. Oh, I thought you were doing a bit. Okay. No, Ryan. Was the touching-
0: damage of yourself is from that of your your
1: parents. Ryan was touching his childhood scar while talking about abuse. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah, sure, Martin. I, like, I don't have one, Grayson. He's lying.
3: <laughs> okay, because I got quite worried. <laughs> you know,
0: watching this scene here got me a little teary-eyed last last night when I watched it because the other night when I watched it because when Rick Mail died the image of this scene of him on the bed you know touching her hand holding her hand was the image everyone used on social media everyone used that image mm. and used the the goodbye phrase at the end because everyone knew him as Drop Dead Fred from our, our generation at least mm. unless you were more like comically sensible, like you'd recognise him from something like Black Blackadder, which he only appears in, like, four or five times. And which is, is... I feel like he's in it so much more, because he's so fucking good. I
1: pretty much only know him as Lord Flashheart and Robin Hood in that one
0: time. What about Mad, Mad Gerald in season one, your favourite season? Oh, that is true. He wasn't that... He's my friend, Mr. Key. I made him out of my own teeth. <laughs> yeah, everyone forgets about that. I love that. But, yeah, when he died... That was soul-crushing mm. for a lot of people out there because he was a representation of something from childhood, that anarchist side that you wanted as a kid with this performance. And obviously for lots of other people, like myself, I was gutted because he's like one of my inspirations to do comedy and acting because he's like one of those guys where he just... He did it all, really, didn't mm. he? He was always Rick mayo though, at the same time. Like, mm. he did it all. I love... (laughs) What a bitch. But yeah, yeah. Like, when that scene happened, I I did get a little teary because it's like, that's what everyone... I remember that's what everyone used Mm. as their social media recognition of someone they know died because everyone does that. Mm. You know, everyone's like, oh, David Bowie died. I got to remember that I like Starman. (laughs) You know what I mean? There I was. I'm like, no, this was another time. I was like, no, I like Rick Vale. You guys haven't even seen New Statesman in which he gives his best performance.
3: Fuck you. Is, is that where is Alan Bastard, Bastard? Bastard, yeah. The
0: um, the conservative with Gimpy. the largest majority in the House of Commons, but it's also got the tiniest dick in the world. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, you have to check that out.
3: I always saw it in the ABC shop and I'm like, it's the best. I do like Rick mail, but I do hate politics.
0: No, no, it's the best, it's the best. In the first episode, he makes guns legal for police to use, but um, he's the man of, he, but he's also in charge of the manufacturing of the guns and he uses man. the cheapest materials <laughs> and it literally explodes in their hands. But he also is in charge of the he's also got a wheel and deal in the insurance policies oh on their God. health. So, he, he, yeah, that's worth checking out. But yeah, Rick Mailman, he was he was the Johnny Rotten of comedy, people say. I mean, in this, it's hard to avoid when his hairs literally like mm. bright red fire. But yeah, I like that in this scene, he's now sitting in the back because he got sick of sitting between two girls. Mm. <laughs> he was just like, I'm done with these two i'm gonna sit in the back of the pickup truck maybe he wanted to have a smoke yeah maybe maybe but it's like so you really only really know rick mel from the Black Adder
1: stuff yeah you
0: mentioned something before that he was in. i'm
1: like oh he was in there okay yeah i can't remember what but yeah you know. yeah it was it's really mainly Black Adder. blacky yeah yeah
0: old slack bladder that's
3: what he calls him. <laughs>
0: that's one of my favorites. Grayson, you went through a period of the Rick Mail thing. Was there mm-hmm. any standout ones for you? Ones that you go, that's my Rick Mail.
3: Oh, I don't know if there's any. that I, th- I think it would have to be young ones like Rick, Rick Mail. Rick. But another one that I really fucking love is the Dangerous Brothers.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. like
3: I also, like that was this, around the same time I got into the Doug Anthony All-Stars, who yes. were like like as uh, proto
0: like uh, yeah after pretty much ripping them off
3: yeah a little bit <laughs> um and so I was very into that <laughs> <laughs> hello hello <laughs> i was very into like like the as as like a 14 15 year old that like and anarchy comedy style, mm. like the loud, the bombastic, the boisterous, really appealed to me. Mm. Um, so the Dangerous Brothers, where they literally just went, we are the Dangerous, Brothers, and just yelled and <laughs> hit things and broke things and exploded things. I was like, yeah, man, hell yeah,
0: yeah, man. You know who was one of the, one of the big British comedians that was a huge fan of Rick Mal and Adrian Edmondson was Michael Palin. He was like these guys are the best. I'm
3: not surprised. He
0: would go to the comedy clubs to see them do Dangerous Brothers, and he was like, "Yeah, man, that was great." Hell yeah. I
3: mean, I also love Michael Palin.
0: I love Michael Palin. He's my favorite. He's my favorite as well. Have you seen Ripping Yarns?
3: I've seen bits of Ripping Yarns. I think we've talked about Ripping Yarns. It's before. It's the
0: best. It's. I think it's better than Monty Python. Uh, I know a lot of people won't agree, but I love it.
3: I love it. It doesn't <laughs> have the like streak of cynicism that. Like... Oh really? You haven't seen enough. Oh okay. I'm
0: sorry. I'll <laughs> oh, shut up then. What a great scene. No, but yeah, Rick Mel, man, I say Alan Bastard. I even performed uh, duologues at at High School Drama doing New Statesman. Mm. Like from New Statesman, I remember... This was before I had, like, a laptop or computer. So I would have to play it on the TV and then pause it and write down the dialogue and then play it and rewind it and pause it That's and all amazing. that to write down uh, the dialogue and then type it up on my computer, which was in another room to where the TV is. And, like, I had to do all of that stuff because I loved Rick Mail so much. And, mm. you know, New Statesman has everyone in it. It has Stephen Fry and Hugh Laurie turn up in an episode where Stephen Fry uh, hurts Hugh a lot. Uh, you know, you know all that kind of stuff. Some of the other Young Ones are in there, like Mike from The Young Ones is in it at oh. one point. He was also in Bottom. He was uh, Dave Hedgehog. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, why are you called Dave Hedgehog? Give me a hedgehog and I'll show you why. Oh. And then why are you called Spud Gun? Give me a spud and I'll show you why. <laughs> That's all you get. But yeah, Rick owns this movie, but Phoebe Cates, she chucks herself into this too. I'm actually really upset she's retired from acting. She only has done like 15 things in total I mean, yeah i checked
1: her on imdb
0: and but they're all big mm. she was the it girl at, in the late 80s and stuff i mean gremlins fast times at ridgemont high this even like phoebe Cates was a pretty recognizable face but then she kind of stepped back from the limelight apparently all she really does now is you know look after the country mansion that they uh, her and kevin Klein have because they're married and uh help raise the kids (laughs) Uh, one of them is now an actor too uh uh, owen klein and then very good actor too apparently Mm. in a movie with jeff daniels and uh you know i kind of love jeff daniels who doesn't uh he's he's super nice but he also has that sneer about him Mm. he's like he's an asshole as well he's one of those guys but yeah like phoebe gets i'm disappointed that she's kind of stepped back because she's great this is obviously the one I think of the most. Like eh, everyone loves Gremlins, but I when I think of Gremlins, I think of the damn gremlins, man. <laughs> I don't even think about the humans. Except for the old the old lady that gets launched out of the uh You would love that. I mean, isn't it the best?
3: <laughs> I've not seen Gremlins.
0: Wow, okay. Geez, only... it's a human drama about gremlins.
3: <laughs> and Mogwai. Thank you very much. It's
0: more about the gremlins. <laughs> <laughs> I've only
3: seen the Christmas tree scene. I think in Gremlins 2?
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because a, like this is real scary. There's like, a bit okay. in Gremlins 2 where it's like it's, you know, it's a sat it's kind of mocking the fact that Gremlins one exists. Oh. It's a bit of a poke and laugh meta kind of one. But there's a bit in Gremlins too that everyone loves where he's on a film set or something. And in the background there's a person on the time machine from the movie The Time Machine. And you see in the background they literally disappear like it and there's like they've traveled through time and left. <laughs> like in the time machine. It's just a background joke. Or one of the people on the that's driving like a little go go kart buggy is just is is just Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Just, 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 him, just him, wearing his hat and with a megaphone, shouting out things like Steven Spielberg would as a director. Oh, God. But this husband, what a piece of shit. Mm. Just, I kind of wanted him to die.
3: I really <laughs> wanted him to
0: die. Didn't, I I kind of wanted he, Fred to somehow become physical and kill him.
3: Hmm.
2: <laughs>
0: when I when I go into an apartment and I'm trying to capture someone, Fingers I first. walk out fingies first. <laughs> fingies,
2: <laughs> fingies first. first.
0: <laughs> fingies first. <laughs> I feel like this um, nurse has been in a lot of things. I wish I looked her up, but she feels like she's that person that plays... The big nurse or prison guard woman or yeah, something in things I... like if she was in Shawshank
1: Redemption, would you look? Would you look twice? Yeah, I'm still here by the way. Um, <laughs> when Hi I saw, when I saw her, I thought like, have we had her on the show before? But then I realized no, I'm thinking of John Candy <laughs>
0: <laughs> <What>?
1: <laughs> in, in Nothing but Trouble because he played the sister.
0: Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. I obviously thought it was John Candy in a dress. <laughs>
1: You're right. No, I thought she was familiar. I didn't think she was John Candy in a dress.
0: She's a familiar John Candy type. You know, some say John Candy died, but actually, he's secretly that actress now. I mean, little does anyone know, but John Candy faked his death. No, I'm kidding. John Candy was awesome. He's He's dead as Rick Mayle. And the goldfish from earlier. Well, they both did die of heart attacks. Okay. But one was a bit more dubious than the other. John Candy's one kind of... Shouldn't have happened. He was on film set. Yeah, it was one of those ones that's like, yeah, a guy of his size doing the stuff. Uh, it was kind of like, eh, uh, weird. John Gain, yeah, sad, sad guy. Sad story with him.
3: What films did he die on?
0: Uh Wagons Go East or something like that. Uh, so it was a western, so he was in like the full garb in the desert. Ah. And um, he died of a heart attack at the same age his father died of a heart attack. Jeez. I did love, there was a magazine where John Candy got interviewed and the first question was, is your last name actually Candy or is it made up because you love Candy? And he's like, of course my last name is actually Candy. If I had to choose my own last name, it would be something chocolate related or cake. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's that's how you would deal with that. I would do Oh, Bartek, You and your great Rick are dead jokes. You've done this in the past on the show, and I'm like, I I die on the inside with so Rick much with Rick Mail or other people. No, with Rick Mail. Oh he my He just gosh. knows it gets me. I'm like, y-. well, it's
3: because you do it about like animals and stuff, so I'm like. <laughs> A real life person. The the year he died was the year we met, I think.
0: 2014. It was when we were finishing uni. Yeah, I, 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 about you were. And I.
3: I never finished uni. How dare you? Well, um, technically you did by just not going anymore. <laughs> I did not go. We're not going to get into that on the podcast. Um, all right, let's get into it on the oh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we like the day it happened, we had to have a meeting. Oh, because we were in
0: the student theatre company. Yeah, and I remember that meeting. And we
3: talked about it, and like everyone else was like, "Okay, it's time to." meeting now, and we're like, no, we're grieving over Rick mail, thank you very no, much. They're like,
0: who's that? And we're like, drop dead Fred, I guess. Leave yeah. us alone. And I'm
3: like, these young ones, because I because I don't go, oh, that drop dead Fred is what everyone knows him from. I go, young ones, you fool. That's what yeah, I, yeah. that's the first thing I saw him Bottom,
0: with. you idiots. Mm. Richie Rich. <laughs> Richard Richards.
3: <laughs> Filthy Richard Catflap. Come on. Come on. Come on. There's
0: this other one that he did where his character, it was by the same people who did New Statesman, and his, he was a, a professor of philosophy, and his name was Adonis Knut. <laughs> and people used to just call him madonna's cunt oh <laughs> see it's a british comedy show you know you can get away with saying cunt Absolutely. in every episode
3: every at least once <laughs> oh once yeah,
0: no 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 they didn't hold back <laughs> oh carrie fisher oh we miss her too mm. uh, i mean you know i say that but not as heavily as i do with someone like Miller. like i appreciated carrie fisher in retrospect, like that, I am that one was like once she died and I heard more about what she kind of did and yeah. went through, I was like, ah, oh, okay. But to be honest, not for me, not that standout of an actress, but I think she kind of knew that, hence, she went more behind the scenes. Standout
3: writer, surely,
0: yeah. But like, you, you know, when you watch Star Wars, you're not going, oh, her great performance. I don't connect with
3: Star Wars, like, I just don't. What, but the force. What
1: about oh, it? Oh, I got you there, <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: To no, be honest, I didn't even know it was Carrie Fisher until after I finished the movie.
0: Well, it's Carrie Fisher. What? Wait, who is? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, tragic with her, too. Mm. And then her mum. Oof. Oof. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
3: I, I can't remember what I connect... Carrie Fisher is in my brain um, but I I don't Star Wars is like I'm she was in a bunch of movies growing that I saw when I was growing up really I feel like she was
0: I just remembered her in this and Star Wars and then later when she was kind of more prominent doing spoken word stuff about how much of a fuck up she's been her whole entire life and then on 30 Rock where she played pretty much herself
3: she was on Good News Week, and it was the best fucking thing. Yeah, so she good.
0: was a champ. And then, you know, her dog, her Gary. ugly, ugly dog. <laughs> but that was the charm of the dog, is it's so ugly. <laughs> His tongue's constantly hanging out. But yeah, this movie, man. This has a lot of sentimental value for a lot of people. mm you know, and and for for me, I I couldn't understand that. That was my biggest challenge. Like, a lot of people loved this movie, and I just personally did not love it as much as everyone else. I thought maybe when I was a kid, you know, it was like a lot of those big elements went over my head. But then a lot of people I know that have this as a sentimental attachment don't even really recognize the darker elements of the movie until you actually start talking about it really, really in depth. Like, no, come on, guys, this stuff. And they're like, oh, Mm. yeah. I think a lot more people have the sentiment because for them it's their first Rick male experience or only Rick experience, and he's talented. Mm. And also just, you know, the premise. Imaginary friend Mm. comes (laughs) back and causes crazy things to happen. Like, you know
3: making her get prescribed hardcore drugs. Which apparently have no side effects, which is not a thing. Well, I think the side effect is he's dying.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, touche. (laughs)
0: As the kids say... Pwned, <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> Christ! And now a Fortnite dance move ensues, yeah. <laughs> Are you going to
3: floss in front of me?
0: You know, the biggest sad thing is uh, my fiance is playing the new Spyro game. and There's the new Reignited Trilogy where they've redone the old Spyros. There's a bit in the second one where there's a skeleton guy that dances. Oh, yeah, he's the They've given well. him Fortnite dance moves now. Really? Yeah. Oh, in the original, he just kind of shook into the <sighs> backflips. Dang, these kids. If they watched Drop Dead Fred, they would know better than to floss. But it's a pop culture reference. What's this about flossing? It's a dance move. It's oh. that,
3: like, backpack kid dance with the, like... I can, I nev- I've never flossed, and I never will. Do it now. This is a great effect. It's simple, but it's great.
0: You know, the falling into the thing. It's just a simple... Sh- it's a simple shot. You know, it's still image of Rick Mail, but then they've obviously put her there as a cross-dissolve over it. It's very simple, but it is an effective sequence. Now, this is probably, for me, and I think for most people, the best part of the movie.
3: This is the bit where I wrote down in my notes, which I still take, despite the fact that no one else does. Um, I take notes. Do you? Where are they?
0: Oh, I just remember what I wrote down.
3: Oh, yeah, so I don't have a memory, so... Who are you? Uh, Yeah, good question. Uh, So... I wrote down they really wanted Tim Burton to direct this for this scene.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can understand that, but it also also has a David Lynchian quality to ah, it as well. Oh, yeah. And also it has some other director's qualities. This is yes. the only thing this director has directed feature
1: length wise. There's something I forgot to mention. Yeah. Um having not seen the film um but you know, I mentioned earlier that I just seen like like still images from it before. For some reason, when I thought of Drop Dead Fred, I thought of a weird room. And then when
0: this turned up, I'm like, ah, this is what ah, the I weird room.
1: Think, this is that weird room that I think of. Yeah. When I
0: mm. My favorite effect of the weird room is the fireplace that is in black and white. I think we've gone past it, but there's a fireplace that is in black and white, but everything else is in colors mm. of some sort. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy that effect. It's it's in the background too. It's not like something that's like, look, look at how artsy we got. <laughs> It's like, I actually like the fact that it's artsy-fartsy-looking sequence. It's really underplayed. It's not like they're showing off, like, Ooh, look, there's no walls where that door is, you know? Ooh! He went
3: through the door. Like
0: Tim Burton would today. Where's Johnny? I miss Tim Burton. Could he come back and be a good director again? He hasn't been a good director since Big Fish, and that was, like, 18... That was, like... That was like a decade or more ago, wasn't it? That was like
3: early 2000s. Oh, I wasn't making that face at how long ago Big Fish was. It's just I tried to watch Big Fish once and it was so boring that I turned off Ewan McGregor, who I would never turn off.
0: Wow. I mean, I'm not a huge fan, but at least it had originality and it was very like, oh, this is... But then he does stuff like Planet of the Apes, Alice in Wonderland, Sweeney Todd... On a an, um, Charlie and Chocolate Factor. Yeah, everyone, mm. everyone's dying on the inside. Ryan, Except for people. Dark Shadows. <sighs> it did introduce me to Eva Green as an actress, so I'll thank it for that. She's a great actress. Uh, thank you. And it had Michelle Pfeiffer, so tick. She was the mum. Mm. But, uh, yeah, this scene's the big scene. That, and you know what? I've got to say, honestly, when I think of resolutions to a movie... This is probably one of the best resolution mm. moments in a movie, like when you know the problems are overcome.
3: It's very fairy tale like and psychological okay. and, and one, very serious. Mm, and one thing I didn't expect from Rick Mail is that he does like softness quite well. Yeah, and like the, he had just just before he had a great look of like childlike wonder. Yeah, and that little detail of him helping her out of the tree is quite nice as well. Yeah, exactly. Like helping her, pushing her forward.
0: Yeah, and, you know, he knows what she needs to say, but she needs to say And he's,
3: like, literally at her back, which is very nice.
0: Yeah, and her mum's dressed in red. Hmm. She's got the red lipstick. She looks like the devil, and then she's engulfed in hellfire, Mm -hmm. which I love.
3: (laughs) Yeah, because the devil was a big theme for you growing up. Yeah, it was.
0: It kind of was, I don't know why, I wasn't even very religious, it's just kind of like, when you were a kid, it's like, oh yeah, the biggest bad thing in the universe is Satan, right? I, the devil.
3: I wasn't, I didn't really grow up with religion a whole lot. Mm, Nor did
0: I, but I grew up with pop culture stuff a lot, so it's like, you know, even the Simpsons is like, oh yeah, the devil, he's bad.
3: Mm. <laughs> I, it's, what's funny is now I quite like stuff where the devil is, is portrayed. Like, I'm a big fan of Witches of Eastwick, as you know, and- We did it
0: on the show. I Ooh. know,
3: I was like, oh- is it, I loved it. I, I, I actually
1: really. Ryan's loved it. done a monologue from that as well. I nice. did a monologue when I was
0: uh, his uh, monologue about how women are evil when he's in the church and mm. he's vomiting his up, guts up. Yeah. Oh, this is beautiful. I love this. Yeah, this is really good. And him. Oh, yeah. Man.
3: And like how his his eyes are like he's just about to cry.
0: Yeah, but they're they're not too much. It's yeah. just It's just. And I like the fact that it's like a stage show where the lights are just shutting off one by one by yeah. one by one. And, and it's so eventually still. they're engulfed in darkness, except for they are in the spotlights.
3: Mm. This bit does look a lot like an Australian play.
0: It does look like Australian <laughs> plays. <laughs>
3: Like I, I can never describe what I mean when I say that, but people instantly go, "Yes, I know what you mean." Oh, band. that's exactly what it, it's um, <laughs> lack of
0: lack of walls and just cardboard trees, <laughs>
3: <laughs> and like,
0: and like a real rich moodiness. Oh yeah, backlighting and spotlights. That's basically it. That's Australian theater. But yeah, this scene's gorgeous. What did you think about this Bartek? Did this put a lump in your throat?
1: It didn't put a lump in my throat, but I loved it. I, I because throughout the film. You know, we did have that whole thing of, oh, Fred's going to go crazy soon, and here it's like, no, no. I, he's surprised
0: us before, but I know he's not, and he's really nailing it. Yeah, that attests to the Rick male acting. And for you, that must be a real uh, surprise, too, because you know him as Flash Heart, where people cheer every time he comes on screen, and he's like, is that... Is uh, is me, or do I have a canoe in my pocket? He's, like, Ryan, really louder than life. Right,
1: that's a TV show. This is real
3: life.
0: Yeah, and then, oh, look she eventually embraces and hugs herself.
3: Mm. It's beautiful. This could have very easily been heavy-handed, but for whatever reason, I just don't think it is.
0: No, it's because... One of the reasons, too, is because the rest of the movie is so whimsical and over-the-top, so that when it comes to this moment, it doesn't feel that way. But if this moment was played more seriously, like in a later Tim Burton movie, it would feel a bit more heavy-handed. Look, Tim, come back. I thought Big Eyes was a slight improvement... Come back though, buddy. We miss ya. I mean, Make you. Make real movies again. You miss him.
3: Didn't you like any of his movies? Oh yeah, I liked his movies, but there's a like, I don't, I don't, I'm not yearning for him to come back. Like I love Beetlejuice. Well, yeah, I haven't seen Beetlejuice in ages. But like where they all sing Harry Belafonte, that's yeah. my shit.
0: Yeah, Mars Attacks and all these other movies. I loved Mars Attacks. Exactly. Scared the shit out of me, but Ed I loved Wood, it. great, great bio said, <sighs> "Well, it's, I liked it."
3: No, that's fair. But You're you know, he
0: has so many. But it's like, yeah, I could see why they wanted him to direct this. But mm. also, I just think it would have been a bit too obvious.
3: Yeah, like Robin Williams, Tim Burton, <sighs> it's, it's, it's too obvious, and also not a good combination. Like, and it's,
0: it's weird because it? the writers wrote it specifically for Rick Mail. Mm. They just went, no, it's him. We got to get him. And it's obviously, him. being American, the studios were like, no, absolutely, we don't absolutely know not. this man. This What's English he done? Leader. This English weirdo. Why this guy? Why not Adam Sandler?
3: No! <laughs>
0: because he wasn't a star yet. I know. No, no. It would be, why not Why not Steve Martin? Oh. Oh, yeah. Why not Martin Short? Now, Martin Short oh. would have been a good choice. I mean, he just plays... Um... I don't
3: think Martin Short can pull it back like Rick Mayer can, though. No, he can. He can? Oh, he can. Okay, he cool. Can, he can. I'm not that familiar with <clears> that. Have you watched oh, Inner Space? Sorry? Inner Space? No. That's so
0: great. That's actually probably one of the greatest movies he's been in. That's the one where Dennis Quaid is um, shrunk down to the size of a a human cell. And he's been injected into Martin Short. And he has to help... He has to get out of there before he enlarges again. And Martin Short's a a hypochondriac, neurotic guy. And at the end, he becomes like a hero. But, like, yeah, he knows how to pull it back, Martin Short. Also, he was in an episode of Law & Order SVU where he played a pedophile. And he was surprisingly scary. And very charming as well.
3: My my current, like, uh, touchstone for Martin Short is that Steve Martin, Martin Short. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Thing on Netflix, I've known him was... for, like,
0: stuff for, like, Three Amigos and stuff.
3: I never saw Three Amigos. I, like, only saw bits of it when... Because it used to be on mm. TV all the time.
0: The Steve Martin thing was good, but you have to have context for both of them. You like, do.
3: And I don't have a lot. Like, I know... For Steve and... Mars Attacks. Yeah. And
0: <laughs> He was great in that.
3: Yeah, and if... You, and, I, and I know Steve Martin more, obviously, because it's Steve fucking Martin. Like, I've yeah. seen Sergeant Bilko and Cheaper by the Dozen. <laughs>
0: I like how those are your Steve Martin, like,
3: yeah. top
0: tier. Not, not like, the, uh, the pink, yeah, not pink for you.
3: Uh, yeah. or, that. Or, or,
0: like, Little Shop of Horrors. Or... Oh, oh, Little Shop of Horrors
3: is my ultimate touchstone. I love Little Shop of the Horrors. Jerk. I lo- the the, the I Jerk. Have, the Jerk. The Man with Two Brains. Oh The Jerk. What? I haven't seen The Jerk.
0: Oh, right, right. I've only read the synopsis, and I'm like, oh! <laughs> you know what my favorite part of that movie is? He grows up in a full, fully, like, southern black family, and one of my favorite jokes is in the narration. He's like, people ask, why didn't I know that I was white? He's like, well, I was under the assumption that I would grow into the blackness. <laughs> like, that's what they <laughs> told him. That he's, he would grow
3: into it as he got older. <laughs> he's so dumb. Oh, yeah, and then here we are. The... I love what he says. You've got a lot of options over here right now. I just think I'd like to be one of them, okay? That's so nice.
0: Yeah. One of my biggest complaints, though, and this yeah. is my only complaint, mm. really, is Mickey doesn't acknowledge the fact that his own daughter, her imaginary best friend, is Drop Dead Fred, when he knows about yeah. Drop Dead Fred. Yeah, that's odd. I
1: was surprised by that. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, maybe if only the nanny heard it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't mickey remind yeah yeah.
3: Of, yeah yeah so like the grandma of... thing what you did to my
0: grandma i'm like what did and that was do? the uh, that was the director's real mum
3: that's pretty and cool. it was
0: yogurt they poured on her and she apparently had hello
3: yogurt yeah
0: and then apparently oh, weeks right. later she still found bits of like dried up yogurt in her ears oh yeah that was it was so ears. hard no no because it's really hard oh. to get out once it's kind of dry and stuff so why yeah.
3: would you use yogurt
0: because that's what they use it, film. Like, they use different things, so maybe you know. Sometimes on films, things don't look how they you imagine them to look, and I things just, don't sound like how they, you imagine them to sound. So, like, like sometimes using,
3: paint doesn't look like paints. But using a dairy product, like I'm not saying you should use paint on a person. I'm just saying using a dairy product mm, is an interesting.
0: Well, let's not like, forget, film always has weird things like good that, for like, your bones. like Charlie in the Chocolate Factory thought, let's use actual chocolate for the river. Yeah, and the original one... That would have cost so much. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, sorry. Oh, Willy, yeah. Sorry, Willy Wonka, and they thought, let's use real chocolate. But then, of course, the lights made it stink and, mm. and curdle and go bad. But... And then also, the problem is when you look at that movie, you kind of can tell it's real chocolate, but also in your brain, you're like, nah, that's not real chocolate. Because sometimes in films, things don't look how they look. Mm. So maybe using yogurt, it looks more like paint. It's like on The Simpsons, where it's like... Horses don't look like horses in movies. They, you know, or cows or whatever. It's like, you know, he paints a horse like a cow. And mm. then it's like, well, what do you use for horses? And he's just like, ah, we just tape a bunch of cats together. <laughs> you remember that? That's yeah, the thing. I do, actually. Um, <laughs> so the movie has unfortunately ended. And it is one of those sad things. Where for me, you know, I'm going to get into my review and rating straight do off. It, do it. It's sad that it's kind of ended. Because it is one of those... For me, bittersweet things because it is a reminder that we've lost such great talent with Rick Mayo. and also Carrie Fisher as well because this is the thing I appreciate her for the most and I understand why others would say there's plenty of other things to appreciate her for in terms of acting, but for me, this is what I always think about when I think about her acting uh, in terms of actually good acting. No offence, Star Wars fans, but listen how her accent changes scene by scene, but... uh
3: Picking a fight.
0: Rick Mail was fantastic in this, and I think a lot of people overlooked his performance. So A lot of people in general thought he was just a loud, screamy guy, but he always knew when to pull it back, when to restrain himself, when to lead you into comfort just to... just to punch you in the face, you know, like... Just to hit you in the face
3: with a shovel. He
0: was always... On the he was always out there, man. Always just doing what he was doing, and it's it's unfortunate. So, so for me, this is always a kind of sad movie on, to to watch, but also one to appreciate. Always one to be joyous by because it is the mainstream Rick mail appreciation out there. And I would say to everyone, you've checked it out. Check out his other stuff. Young ones is obviously one to go to, mm-hmm. but also Bottom. Bottom's a timeless one. The Young ones is more in its time because it's dealing with. With its uh, stuff of that time and types, yeah, but like Bottom is why I like it so much. Bottom's timeless, because just two guys living in an apartment, hurting each other, and wanting sex, um, which is timeless. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you want to see some great Rick Mao stuff, look up at his stand-up comedy. He did some great stand-up where he's Rick, the people's poet, mm. and he does some great poetry. Like he's What about theater. Gotta to get to the theater to see some Shakespeare. <laughs> And then people boo him. And he's like, shut up! <laughs> shut
3: up! That's what I liked about Rick so much. is because people would be like, oh, fucking shut up, Rick. And he would just fire back and no! No! Shut, shut up! up! <laughs> <laughs> hands up! Who likes me? And yes!
0: put their hands That's on the floor. He's like putting all of his hands as high as he can. And he's like, no! Uh, but, you know, like, Rick was always great. The one thing I will say... A part of my review for this and just Rick Mail in general is check this movie out. It's, it, rating, it's a million out of a million. You know, it's better than you remember it. But one thing about Rick Mell's comedy talent that this movie does use, but not as much as other things, is he always. Well, you're looking at Velcro was a, a registered
3: trademark. It
0: is. That Rick Male always, for his comedy, used confidence mm. as a thing. And I've never seen. I don't think we've had a comedic actor since that has explored all the nuances of of put-upon confidence, because his comedy always came from the fact that his characters had this self-righteous confidence that they didn't deserve to have in the first place. Mm. But they were always different in each character. The nuance of it was different in this... It's different because he is right. <laughs> but, like, when he has something like Rick and the Young Ones, and he's, you know, he's like, I'm the people's poet! They're going to mourn for me when I die! And all this kind of stuff. Or, the, you know, in Alan Bastard, as Alan Bastard, he's literally the richest man in England, and he's, like, selling plutonium and all this kind of stuff. But at the same time, he has the smallest dick, and he's got erectile dysfunction. So it's like, yeah, but he thinks he's the sexiest guy in the universe. And also... Check out the New Statesman, because Rick Mel actually is sexy in that show. Like, Rick Mel usually doesn't look sexy, but he actually looks handsome as fuck in that show.
3: I... Okay. He's
0: always making himself look ugly. That's the point. Yeah,
3: that's true. I was a weird little teenager, and Rick Mel was <laughs> definitely one of my, like... Heartthrobs? Yeah, definitely. Like, Adrian Edmondson as well.
0: Well, if you want to see Rick uh, uh, pretty much partially nude, you can see it in New Statesman when he goes to a brothel to get whipped. <laughs> <laughs> and it's actually played sexily as well. So enjoy. Uh, but yeah, he was great. Drop Dead Fred is great. And if you grew up with this, I I am envious of your um, admiration for it because I didn't have that as much growing up. But as an adult, viewing it again, it is darker than you remember it. Grayson, let's hear from you.
3: Um, I really like this movie. It's probably one of my favorite ones I've done on the podcast.
0: Bend it like Beckham. Take that.
3: Uh, it's up there. With bit of, uh, it might take over a bit. Nah. Sorority
1: Boys is very upset by that.
3: <laughs> I fucking hate Sorority Boys, especially now that I'm out as trans. Like, I least, remember watching uh, that going, I fucking hate At this. least Observe and Report's feeling okay over <laughs> in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> like, Observe and Report can go die. Check the out only, our website. It was a great it was The great only movie. good thing about that movie is that it has It's Late by Queen in it, which is an excellent Yeah, it, uh, it has other things. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of bullshit. Um, Seth Rogen's great acting. <laughs> So um yeah, this is one of my favorite ones that I've done on the podcast. Uh, it's really good. There are the themes I so there's really really difficult themes in it, but I felt like they're dealt with well, and there is a triumph to the ending, mm. which I really like. Um, what was the question? <laughs> Your review? Oh, that's my review. Do you have a rating? Uh, do I have a rating? Uh, yeah, I give it um five striped suits out of five.
0: That's a lot of suits. Bartek, let's hear from you. Believe it or not, I also love this film.
3: Hell yeah! This is, hasn't happened, I don't think what
1: i mean we always love the films so yeah great, that's son. on. yeah it's me, usually maybe <laughs> in the
0: corner going no i hate you, you do. but then we'll be like what about these merits of the film and you're like okay they are there yeah they're definitely there but i still but i came in it. negatively to begin with so yeah it's I,
3: me it's I, me i can't <laughs> change my mind i'm gray the unyielding leave me alone
0: i think that but it is hard when art is that subjective thing too where it's, it's gray, like Gray son yeah, <laughs> I think I did that in the last
3: episode. Yeah, um, I've heard it many times before, but it always gets. A I think I
0: did. No, coming. your nickname was Greyskull Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Brother the power, <Bear>, Greyskull Bartek, <laughs> continue on. Sorry, let's, let's let Bartek rampage
3: through.
0: <laughs> <laughs> movie good. <laughs> that was better than the movie with the rock, rampage. <laughs> <laughs> I hit my chest really hard.
3: (laughs) Yeah, you did. You went for it, buddy. And I'm like, they're not going to save. Is is a method actor? (laughs) (laughs) You can say nothing else about Bartek except that he's a method actor.
0: (laughs) He's method
1: man. Hey, I know my methods.
3: (laughs) And it is slapping myself on the tummy
1: (laughs) with fists. Yeah. Again, I I did love this film. I feel like for a film that is, you know, blending together two ideas, which I mentioned before, something that can be kind of an iffy thing because it's like, oh, you know, jack of all trades, master of none kind of thing mm. going on there. It did a really good job and I really like that it incorporated a lot of these, like, little psychological elements, these dark themes. It's just a really interesting thing to do for a film that many people, Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel And the Nostalgia Critic, too. In him too, yeah. I, I did watch his review, but I can't remember. Um, that it was... You know, it, it's targeted for... I, I We didn't really answer this, but kids did see it, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Targeted for kids. It's a film that's filled with all this thought, effort, ideas, and talent. It really is something to admire. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, this was also... Kind of like Bend It Like Beckham. This was one where I thought... Hmm, is this an unappreciated masterpiece because it kind of does have a cult following?
3: Yeah, yeah, like, but then you a...
0: look at the five point eight on IMDb, and hmm. then everyone's like, "Oh, that movie."
1: <laughs> yeah, with films that already have a cult following, it, it's hard to say. You know what our purpose here is on unappreciated masterpieces, but I feel like having seen the film myself now, it is something that you just have to see to understand to, yeah. to know exactly what it means to meld childish elements and these more mature elements, because when I walked in I didn't know how it was going to play out. I didn't know that not only will I have moments where I smile and laugh, but where I feel you know, kind of uncomfortable in a way, because of this what I mentioned before, about like, oh, this is a grown woman, I think older than I am right now being treated as a child still when she was in the doctor's um, Mm. office lobby Next to that mum who assumed, like, oh, you're an adult, you're functioning, but you then... You have a
3: child who needs help.
1: But then it turns out, oh, no, you're you're the client. Huh. It, it's, it's a film that just touches a lot of bases, and I really admire it for that. Mm. I give this film the
0: full patent rights to Velcro. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's, a, it's a trademarked... I, thing.
3: I I think I I as you were speaking about it, I think mm-hmm. I had a bit of an epiphany. I think before I watched this film all those years ago, I expected this to be like Death to Smoochie. Hmm. That's for adults, right? Yeah? yeah, it is for adults, but it's not the, a great film. It's a film that I fucking love, but it's the not Danny a good DeVito film. movie. Yeah, the, yeah, the Danny DeVito vehicle. Yes. No, I mean
0: he he directed it. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Henry um, Henry Rollins was going to be in that. Really? Yeah, he's going to play the guy who's like obsessed with him, like. The the, the <laughs> restaurant guy
3: or whatever. But oh go on.
0: no, really. Yeah, he was a second choice.
3: Okay. Yeah. Um, I I really like Harvey Harvey Feisteen's in that. Yeah, yeah. That I think that was one of the first things I saw Harvey Feierstein, which is so interesting. Mine
0: was Simpsons. Ah. He was Carl.
3: I um yeah, I thought it was gonna be like like that sort of bad movie, like mm. too much, over the top, like inappropriate, like tone deaf sort of thing. And once again, I love that that movie. It has it's it's problems, but I enjoy it in, on a goofy level. Um, yeah, I know. And, have and that. this is just it's. There's not many films like this. Yeah, like tonally,
0: it was a thing of the '90s.
3: Yeah, it's... we're
0: never gonna get these type of movies for families ever again. Yeah, heck, I don't even think we get much live action kids movies as much as we do since the mid 2000s. Mm. That's a good point. But you you know what we do get, Ryan? I'm scared. Reviews from the internet? Yes.
3: Hooray!
0: No, it's hurrah.
3: Why is it hurrah?
0: (laughs) Because I said it is. It's ho, 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 because it's December,
1: guys.
3: It's December 2nd.
0: Hit us.
1: One more time. From YouTube, I've got some comments. Thank you. The first comment is... This film was completely misunderstood and wrongly aimed at children because distributors couldn't get a handle on the concept. It's a black comedy and a drama too. Everything Fred does comes from within her. When you watch the film knowing this, it takes on a very dark and even tragic edge. Good
0: storytelling.
3: Yes. I don't disagree with that, which is no. rare for this no. bit of the podcast. Obviously,
0: I've, I still have mentioned my thing on the black comedy aspect, but yes, 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 perfect. Mm.
3: I also think black a lot of black comedy is sourced from mistakes that the character made, like and that yeah. they are now re, like they are reaping what they've they done. So yeah. she doesn't do anything like there's she does. Not a big mistake that she
0: hit makes. a person with a purse and then is prescribed drugs.
3: That is true. That does happen in the movie. But, like, she hits a person with her purse while the bad things are already happening. That is true. That is true.
0: Well, no, no, no. She's an idiot and leaves her purse in a car. On the and then goes to the public Don't phone. Don't blame her for being robbed <laughs> twice. She got robbed by a bus, and then the person took the car. The next person <laughs> that came along, it was her fault. They see this is one of those movies. If mobile phones existed, a lot of things wouldn't have happened the way they did. Continue on, but Around the time
1: this movie came out. I was learning sex ed in sixth grade. <laughs> oh, good. One of the words we learnt was testes for testicles. Okay. So when Fred rips up the sock monkey doll and screams, not my intestines, at the time, I thought he was saying, not my testes, so I thought that scene was hilarious.
3: What a <laughs> wild. I like it. Like, that's not a review, it's an anecdote.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like. Well, one these are time... YouTube comments, so yeah. Good point. <laughs> Good point. Hit us with some more. Are there more testy related comments? Because that's what I'm in for. Oh, uh, I tested them, but no. <clears throat> I've only
1: got one more YouTube comment, and we're going IMDb. <clears throat> Thank you. Let me guess. Jim Carrey's The Mask was made before this movie. And then they made a next paragraph. I'll be doggone. I could have sworn that this movie was influenced by The Mask, but now I think perhaps The Mask was Mm -hmm. influenced by parts of this movie.
0: Yes, so you should. Yeah.
1: So Uh, they wrote half their comment and then. Is that it?
0: That's it for you. No, sorry. No, sorry that I was an asshole and that I judged the movie for doing something. It's like when people say Vampire's Kiss is just like American Psycho. No, you idiots. American Psycho is just like Vampire's Kiss. Do you really want to get out all uh, your anger on this comment? Okay, 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 leave it. All right.
3: Is is The Mask an underappreciated masterpiece?
0: No, everyone loves The Mask. Everyone it made Cameron Diaz. Did it really? That's her first big movie. Oh. It's also one where she looks completely different and hence people are like, mm-hmm. Plastic surgery. Because she looks extremely different in The Mask. No. She's also smoking. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I can only remember the Cuban Pete dance number.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I haven't remember. watched The Mask in a long time. I'm, no, I, I, a I, I do like my Jim Carrey, but I'm not as huge into him as everyone else is. I like, I like my Truman Show. Go on. Um, I got
1: two IMDb reviews. The second one's shorter, but I'll read the first one first. Thank This one is titled Just Plain Weird. <laughs> It is from the 9th of February 2015, and it is a 5 out of 10 review. You
0: mean 5 out of 5?
1: 10, unfortunately. It's a 1 out of 2. I saw this (laughs) when I was about 13. I had loved kooky, fun, and effects-laden movies like Beetlejuice. (laughs) Okay, yeah, 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 okay. Which is what I expected when going to see this. Mm. I had also... I, sorry, I had also had imaginary friends as a child, so I thought I could identify with
3: it. More than one? Popular. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: but, all
3: that damaged.
1: But Drop Dead Fred <laughs> was a very different animal from the movies it was marketed to be like. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Beetlejuice were fun and harmless romps in comparison. Well, yes. In between its sparse effects that were kind of entertaining, <gasps> DDF was. En-
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's DDF, not DTF, Ryan.
0: <laughs> DDF. Uh, no, uh, yeah, DDF. Sorry, I also thought of uh, Steve Martin in Little Shop of Horrors where it's like, it's DDS because he's a dentist. (laughs) Come on. But I love the fact that like, I I need to abbreviate it. It's DDF.
3: Excuse me, it's DDF.
0: I'm a part of the (laughs) DDF fan club. Uh, We call it the DDF FC. It's the same amount of syllables. DDF of Yeah. Come on, buddy. sorry. DDF.
1: In between its sparse effects that were kind of an entertaining, DDF was an annoying and vaguely disturbing experience that couldn't seem to decide whether it was a kid-friendly comedy, a kooky and adult horror comedy, a quirky romance movie, or a very sad and dark story about an insane young woman. Horror comedy?
0: So- Won't you scared? <laughs> When you scared when his hand came up from underneath the pillow and just knocked on the forehead.
3: No. I didn't notice that the first time.
0: Ooh la la. Sorry, keep going. I'm allowing them to talk. Something
1: else that annoyed me was that this was also kind of a chick
0: flick. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck off! Fuck off! Hey, let,
1: let them continue. Absolutely.
0: I do not like flicks dedicated to chicks unless they are for me. Because I thought, to, look, I'll be honest, I 100% thought for some reason really a woman to... was writing this to begin with, but now it's really shifted into it's a man. Read, okay, keep I going. I want to read the next sentence.
1: <clears throat> Something that else that annoyed me was that this was also kind of a chick flick. wait. We- we- <sighs> while it was obviously marketed towards children and young adults. The scene where the scantily clad chick fixes dinner for her successful jerk boyfriend
0: felt like something I didn't sign up to see. Scantily
3: clad? Is that for chicks? No.
0: When I think of a chick lick, I don't think that's... Okay, go on. Uh,
1: That's
0: that's more for guys, I feel. Was she
3: wearing a dressing gown? Yes. Okay.
0: Oh, man, she showed a little bit of neck. Oh no. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa.
3: I can't know that Phoebe Cates has a neck.
0: <laughs> no, no, especially when you saw in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I did not.
2: <laughs> <coughs> the scene
0: where the scantily clad
1: chick fixes dinner for her successful jerk boyfriend felt like something I didn't sign up to see. It was like something in a soap opera. (laughs) Is it a chick flick or a soap opera? (laughs) Make up your fucking mind. I also felt a little sorry for the homely guy we're supposed to believe is going to be her future husband. He's not homely. He's hot as hell. (laughs) What are you saying?
0: No, I agree with homely. Go on, go on.
1: How do we know she won't be bad for him? I mean, she likes vain and successful men, and he's neither of those things. Plus, she's nuts, capable of destroying her friend's houseboat without remorse, and he's kind of a chump.
3: Mickey he is, is a chump. also a bit That's because when she like pours a glass of water himself, he then goes, yeah, and escalates it. And just well, I,
0: I did say that he was, yeah. he's a little weird. And, um, was I'm, that it? No, no, no. There's one oh, more paragraph. Oh, a
3: paragraph. This, this is
0: where you guys will probably agree with him. <clears throat> oh, I will we'll see. Mm-hmm. I'm holding on a pencil just so if I get mad, it breaks. <laughs> the
1: guy who played DDF was miscast too. He's supposed <laughs> <laughs> There goes a pencil. I don't have any more, but here we go. I've got fingers to crack. <laughs> Ryan. He's supposed to be the product of a little girl's imagination. What we get is a loud, scary English dude who knows a little more about sex than you'd think a child would dream up. I think they chose this guy because he was some kind of successful comedian, but his loud, insane, dirty Limey shtick just doesn't work here.
0: Limey shtick. Alright, let's hear the next one. I'm so angry at that. (laughs) That pencil did deserve to be broken then, because I would have broken that guy's face. (laughs) Somehow punched through the laptop to get to his face.
3: What fucking level of misogyny are you on? I don't like chick flicks. It's too much like a soap... Whenever I just, whenever women cook, it's too much for me. I didn't sign up for cooking!
0: Mm. I signed up for Family Rump where no women do cooking at all because I guess... Like, I don't know what they're trying to say. I
3: wanted kooky, not cooking.
0: They were scantily <laughs> clad in their non-revealing
1: outfits.
3: <laughs> Go on.
1: I've saved the serious review for last. Good. Oh, Good, 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 good. This review is titled... Why is Bridget Fonda not credited in this film?
0: okay yeah I have an answer for that we're Ooh. it
1: is from the 3rd of October 2004 with no rating mm-hmm. can anybody tell me what anybody tell me why Bridget Fonda is not credited in this film no okay. question mark okay no question mark though Ryan okay she had been in several films and credited a plenty by the time Drop Dead Fred was released in mm-hmm. 1991. Maybe she was doing the producer or the director a favour. It's a mystery! If anyone has any other ideas, I would like to hear them, or I quest, it should be see them, since this is print.
0: <laughs> and- <laughs> what happened then? Did they have a
1: As far as the film itself is concerned, I quest, it just wasn't my cup of tea. I thought it was a waste of Phoebe Cates, Marsha Mm. Mason, and Carrie Fisher. It seemed like the director and or the screenwriter tried for something and didn't quit make
0: it. And I Mm -hmm. would like to have
1: seen Robin Williams in the role of Fred.
2: Uh,
0: so is that the end? So I have an answer for why Bridget Fonda's uh, not credited. Is she did it as a favour for her friend Phoebe Cates? And uh, sometimes in the uh, uh, film acting in Hollywood, you are part of the Screen Actors Guild or, or membership or acting community, and you can only do so many films at a time when you're a part of that. So that oh. so sometimes you can still act, but you have to go uncredited. So, especially if you're doing it as a favour. So, there's a film called Four Rooms, which is an anthology film series in which Bruce Willis is prominently in a, in, in it, in a, in one of the rooms, but he is not at all credited because it was a favour.
1: Okay, right. But there was a problem with your answer.
0: Oh, what? Or
1: I quest it should be see them since this is print. <laughs> you have to write it.
0: Okay. To this person from 2004. <laughs>
3: I forgot Bruce Willis was in four rooms.
0: He was. He's on the phone in the last room all the time, and then he helps chop off a finger. So, guys... Wait, I have one more. Oh, you have one more? No, I I lied. You liar? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, well, thanks for lying, you're welcome. You know you what know, they call Bartek? Ryan. Not here, because it's actually his brother, LARTEK, <laughs> the evil lying one. It's, honestly, LARTEK has come up like 20 times in this Probably. show. Whenever you're a dick, I just refuse to call you Bartek. Now you're LARTEK, the lying one. Yes, I am LARTEK. Oh,
3: my. <laughs> I, don't, I think I've met LARTEK before. Yeah. Nice to see you again. <laughs>
0: Why are you laughing? <laughs> <laughs> what was it on that Simpsons episode where he's at the Twin Towers and the guy's offering him, like, you want some crab juice or Mountain Dew? Ugh, crab juice. And <laughs> no, what was ugh, Mountain Dew. Yeah, yeah, Mountain Dew. I'd rather have some crab juice. And then what was the weird meal he was trying to Hot serve flash. Yeah, <laughs> that's what your voice reminded me of just then. Instead of Polish, man, it reminded me of that Middle Eastern man at the Twin Towers. At the end of
3: the last episode I did, Bartek made a Mario joke which made both of us cry with laughter. An and that voice is It's who would you
0: like to marry? And I said, Mario! <laughs> yes. So you guys at home have been fantastic, amazing, <laughs> wonderful listening people. As always, Grayson, a pleasure to have you on, especially when you're on board for the film. That's always a pleasure.
3: Yeah, I know, it doesn't happen often, but thank you.
0: It's your fault. So oh, uh, if okay. you guys want to give us a rating, you always can on any platform that allows it usually iTunes slash Apple Podcasts I mean I wish they would make up their mind what the name of it was these days pick a name Jesus um (laughs) I've got a lot of anger if you want to email us with suggestions for anything to cover because hey maybe if I didn't see Drop Dead Fred when I was a small child and 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 I wouldn't have suggested it for this episode, and Bartek wouldn't have known about it to suggest it, and, you know, maybe we wouldn't have known about it, because we can't know about every single unappreciated masterpiece, because they are unappreciated, even for us. There are some that we just just don't know about. I mean, on this show, we wing it sometimes. We go, you know, this looks unappreciated. Let's see if it is. And then they are. It's uh, Winging it 100% accuracy all the time. Because we haven't seen every single movie that we've done on the show, but maybe there are some out there that you at home are like, where can, why can't I tell you this? You can tell us on the social media, but we have an email. Bartek, what's that email? It is Spit and Polished. that's
1: spit and polish Ed at gmail.com.
3: Thank you. Why are you polishing
0: it? Oh, well, we really liked Ed, Ed and Eddie. Um, and we thought Ed was the one that yeah, deserved he it. He needs a polish. Yeah, he's a bit grimy.
3: He likes chickens, Eddie.
0: <laughs> but yes thank you very much listening people you can find us on all the p- platforming podcasting sites we're on everything share us around like a disease
1: platforming like uh, mario
0: ho! so <laughs> that's mickey ho! it's still mickey i know <laughs> i wasn't trying to, to change that's not mickey. i don't change for you La latech, la-tech. <laughs> No, he's not, Now he's being snarky. He's like his other brother, raw tech. Oh. We've we've already established that. Ah. R- <laughs> <laughs> Until uh, next time, people, remember to be kind to each other.